Hey folks, it's me, the bad boy of in-joke explanations, Quentin here. Just to clear something up, you might hear a reference to a particular um, anatomical part of a major religious historical figure. Before we start recording, today's guest, Jared, told us a little story about how mentioning the foreskin of Jesus could get you excommunicated from the Catholic Church, uh, which tickled our fancy. And we ran with it. Uh, you may also hear this sound every time we reference it. Uh, keep listening to the show for an explanation for that one. Uh, and without further ado, here's today's episode. Our youth featured two types of movies. The ones that awed and inspired us. And the ones that traumatized us well into adulthood. This is the story of one of those films. Welcome everyone to Clam Showcase Files, the podcast where we take a look back at the movies that scarred and inspired Warren G. And mm-hmm. Nate Dog, I guess. I'm the bad boy of the regulators, Quentin. With me as always, Doc Girl Friday, Bridget. Hello. And Lincoln County's sweetheart, Matt. I have a confession to make because Bridget made the request for that opening sound clip. And I think it came in late at night or something like that. I don't know. I, I made a note and I was like, she wants some Kenny G thing from this Western movie. I don't even know what she's talking about, but okay. Wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm dumb. I'm not aware what, of this. What helped you get G. to the right thing, though? Because I just Googled it after a while. Because I was like, <laughs> I was watching the movie, and I was like, I'm not hearing any Kenny G. Was that like the opening theme during that weird intro? I, I don't think what I've ever heard about? any Kenny G. Like, I don't even know what that. Do I you don't even know. do you remember when we literally talked about regulators being used as a sample in that Warren G. song last time we recorded, Matt? No. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, Matt doesn't remember anything. That's true. No, I do I do not. That's but why I, there's post-its does, all over my apartment. He does remember our guest, Jared Staples, who we mm-hmm. haven't introduced yet, who's sitting patiently, quietly, and I felt bad. I want to get him in on this. Famous outlaw from the West. I've ridden into this podcast to set things straight. <clears throat> um yeah, no, Kenny G would it's um that like oh my god yeah, no. sexy time yeah. music yeah yeah it, they'd be they'd fall asleep on horseback <laughs> the the chases would be much less exciting if it was kenny g but it'd be a very <laughs> relaxing movie matt if Clinton i ever should do a new cut to get kenny g in a really excited way then i i'm not me i have been kidnapped and replaced with somebody else Kenny G. Okay, so wait, wait, this is good to know. So this is like our code word. Is it code so word? like, so yeah, now anytime in the future you ask for Kenny G, I will know I need to jump into action, mm-hmm. bust out my superhero Western skills, yes, ride in like Billy the Kid, uh-huh. and probably shoot my own foot. <laughs> yes. You'd probably still look more believable than Emilio Estevez with a gun. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I probably a- look closer Emilio. to a teenager. <laughs> 
Oh, yes, yes. Say it, Quentin. Say it. Wait, what? What? What is this month? Oh, right. Emailio. I forgot. It's Emailio. <laughs> <laughs> it's the dumbest idea we've ever had. High five, you guys. I love it. Yay! I love it so much. Uh, both films uh, this month uh, will start. Oh, three. three films. Three films. Wait, what's the third film? I forgot already. Oh, my. Quack. Oh, Quack. Matt doesn't remember Quack. anything. Come Quack. on. <laughs> hey, look, I've got a lot on my mind. And that like is. Emilio. Emilio. And the good news is Jared is joining us for two thirds of Emilio. Yes. Because today we're covering Young Guns and next time we're covering Young Guns 2, <laughs> which yeah. God, I hope is a better movie than this one. It it's is. It's got Bon Jovi. And Christian Slater, uh, so it has to be better. Bon Jovi's yes. in it? Oh, no. 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 His voice Dead is. Or alive. That's actually That's not from, from the movie. That's from that movie. It's not from that movie. You tried so hard. I love you so much, Bridget. Uh, but, which one is it? <laughs> God, this, so, this episode's a musical the, debacle. It's the perfect theme for the movie because what he did was he wrote, I don't know if that came first, and somebody was like, that's perfect. And then he just wrote an entire album of original songs about Billy the Kid <laughs> that they used as the soundtrack for the second one. <laughs> Dead but or it's, Alive it's... would have come, Wanted Dead or Alive would have come out three years before. Okay, so yeah, it, that was what, somebody must have like, oh, I like that cowboy song. I have an idea. Um, and we'll get into it, I assume, as we get into this movie. But this is very much a short circuit, short circuit two situation for Jared. Uh -huh. <laughs> All of the stuff I love, definitely came from the second movie um but what's really great is the first two or three minutes of the next movie retcon this entire movie in a way that actually i do love we'll get there next week though because this movie's worth talking about for reasons eh. yeah mm -hmm. uh -huh. <laughs> problematic reasons no yeah, yes and then oh. we can, and then eventually we'll talk about the career of Blue Diamond Phillips, which yeah. is also, you know, problematic, but that's not his fault. Right. I mean, he's, <laughs> his, I don't blame him, but. No, I don't blame him at all. But, boy, boy, yeah. howdy, this movie uh, in Blue mm -hmm. Diamond Phillips' role. Uh, I, I, so I start, Bridget warned us where she was like, oh, this movie is kind of boring and not good. And I was like, oh no. But then the opening like two minutes happened. And I was fucking in where you have like, <laughs> so bad. it's so bad and so amazing where like everybody walks up to the camera uh, on some ridge and then we just have close ups of them unmasking, uh, which feels like would feel so old Westy, but I'm just like, well, of course they're pulling down their mask. They're talking to me. <laughs> they're looking at the camera. <laughs> yes. um, right. Uh, but, but then, but then, and it's like in this like weird grainy post-processed, like, I don't even know like what you would call that style. It's, it's, it looks like, I don't know, a grunge it's called, music it's video. Like, yeah, it does. Yes. They spend most of their budget on other things. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like peyote. It's, yeah. <laughs> and fish vomit. The opening of this movie felt like a uh, uh, low quality music video mixed with a 1980s serialized TV show that this was just one episode of. Yeah. Yes. It, it like nothing about this felt like a movie. Like I was watching it and I'm like, I remember this feeling like a movie. And then it's like, yeah. 
wait, when is the part coming where X happens? And it's mm -hmm. like, oh, in the sequel <laughs> is what happened repeatedly throughout this movie for me. That was the same for me, too. I was like, I definitely didn't like this one as much as <laughs> apparently the second one. I was like, where's <laughs> Christian Slater? <laughs> He's not here. He's not here. No, mm -hmm. but Jack Palance and 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 fucking uh, Terrence, Terrence Stamp, Stamp are. Yep. When Terrence Stamp Har showed up, I was just like, wait, what? And then when Jack Har Palance just starts like cackling on screen. So Terrence Stamp, heartthrob of the British crown, mm -hmm. is beautiful. What I love is the <laughs> bizarre undertones of northern irish slash british issues yeah. that they just gloss over with jack palance as the least irish irishman to have ever lived on this planet uh -huh. mm -hmm. and he's just like he's a straight-up cowboy that like at the end of it it's such a caricature he's like you're gonna get off my land archachar <laughs> like it's the, <laughs> it's the craziest <laughs> thing i love there's a part there where was he's like he's like it's a new country like not gonna the brits aren't gonna keep me down and i was like this takes place in like 1878 like the country is 100 years old at this yes. point this isn't like brand new like we just came over to the new world it's, it's, and then you know Terrence stamps you know i didn't come straight from the offices of the king in london to set up this shop with no purpose and it's like oh he just he went full brit <laughs> uh do you Oh, oh, sorry, the character who Terrence Stamp is playing, who's a, a real person, mm -hmm. was 24 when he died. <laughs> <laughs> Terrence Stamp's not a day over well, 50 in this movie. <laughs> like, it, it kind of aligns with the rest of the casting because mm -hmm. they treat the main young guns like they are the newsies, except yeah. they're all like 33. <laughs> Yeah, they're it's, actually they're actually not too old. Like Kiefer's only twenty one in it. He just looks old. I, Emilio's okay. pretty young too, because like I I looked. I think up, he's in his mid twenties. Yeah, when, when they I, are really young, they just old looking people. Because I just watched Repo Man like a, a few weeks ago, and Emilio was like, it's like four or five years before this, and Emilio Emilio looks like a fucking baby in that because he's like eighteen or yeah. something. What What surprised me actually was I forgot when Charlie Sheen was a human. And like seeing, uh -huh. yeah, like seeing uh -huh. him this like this young, I was like, oh my god! I for then you think about like Hot Shots and like all. It's like, oh my god! Yeah, he was mm -hmm. actually like he functioned at one point. I also like I, for some reason in my brain, like Men at Work is the Charlie Sheen Emilio Estevez movie where I'm like, oh right, the movie that the brothers did together. But they were in like several movies together, weren't they? Yeah, mm -hmm. but I was like. Um, Emilio Estevez was like 25 Charlie Sheen was like 23 and um, uh, Kiefer was 21 <laughs> so they're not actually that much older but John said the same thing he's like why are these old men tr playing these young people <laughs> well and it's 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 not even like I wouldn't have even really thought about it except the way all the other characters talk about them yeah. All the other characters talk about them like they're little kids yep. who are well, like not even old enough to drink. I mean, even though it's the old West and I don't think that mattered. Billy the kid died when he was like 21. Yeah, he was like 21. Yeah. So yeah. like Emilio is older. Died, than, yeah, which like... we'll talk about in the next movie because they don't, they just kind of give you a snippet of lines in this movie. <laughs> this is, this, the, 
I know I'm getting way too far ahead, but the epilogue of this movie is one of my favorite things about oh the God. movie because it just—I got the whole thing for you. Okay. Well, what, All I, right. oh, what I love most yeah. about it is it's like it's like the last time you see Pat Garrett, mm-hmm. he's like, "Are we friends?" He's like, "Yeah, of course we're friends. I'm gonna look out for you." And then he leaves. And then the next time you ever hear of Pat Garrett, it's this little line saying, "Pat Garrett killed Billy the Kid." Yes. Yeah, like, it's what? what? It's and it's it's great because. Again, this is they get muddled together, but the the next movie retcons this and actually yeah. has much more of the historical like yeah stuff because Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid in real life were like best friends for a a while there. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Garrett also is the one who gave them the information that got them into the shootout at the end of the movie. Just because he didn't take the chance to shoot him in the back and said, yeah, bro, we're friends. Sure. Like he still sent him off to die. He also had the most delicious bear fur coat in the world. (laughs) Like, What was he wearing? (laughs) It's just everything about this movie is just bizarre and kind of I hate it and love it. And I can't I can't come to terms with how I feel about it because I remember it fondly. But I don't think I actually do. I really just think it's the second one. <laughs> I'm I'm not convinced there is a script for this movie. <clears throat> I I buy that that they just shot a bunch of vignettes and then an editor kind of put it all together. Yeah, I just was like, what the fuck am I gonna do? Well, I have so much of this fucking peyote footage. I guess I'll just edit this oh sequence together. This this will be the middle <laughs> seventeen to thirty five minutes of the movie. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, but like I and like, in between. Sorry. Oh, that's like, just like there's like no, like there's no plot like some like I guess it's a revenge movie but like I was unclear on like they're just kind of pissed and Billy the Kid is a fucking sociopath I get like so I don't like it's oh god and it's it's hilarious <laughs> I can't wait till like as we go through this the next one in like one two minute Bon Jovi song tells this story in a more concise way (laughs) when you are outpaced by a bon jovi song from the early 90s you've you've i think misstepped in your writing well do you guys want to go ahead and and jump into this the wild wild west yeah wild wild west um See how you guys talked about the weird opening. We don't need to go through that again. Yes, like we Jared do. It's said. the best part. The thing of the that really—it sucked. And the thing, Jared, like they go to the close-ups and the name underneath, and they might as well like freeze frame while poppy music is playing. Because, yeah. like Jared said, it's like '80s intro yeah. to a sitcom. You, you know what else? It, it, it looks like the video they play <laughs> when you go to a karaoke bar, and they just need like footage in, but like, yes. where it's, yeah. We need generic cowboy. Make it edgy. <laughs> you get you get their their asses to Party City, and you get them in cowboy outfits. You get thirty <laughs> minutes of video. So, Quentin, are you saying this is the inspiration for Ubisoft's Just Dance? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it does. Like, <laughs> like I, uh, I just want to edit the intro and then like put Old Town Road under it. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that'd be kind of fantastic. <laughs> it would be fantastic. Uh, so after that intro, we head to a proper old West town, uh, Doc Holiday, played by Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> oh, not Doc Holiday. Okay, so that was the thing that I was going to say right off the bat here. 
I got next to no names from this film. <laughs> so he's Doc Kiefer in my notes. That's and I'm cool. going to go ahead and throw it out there right now. Terrence Stamp is just dad in all my notes because he runs an orphanage house for 33-year-old men. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, in, a, in a review on um, IMDb for this movie, they were like, yeah, it's the story of Billy the Kid and Doc Hollywood. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, Michael J. Fox, he's in this movie for sure. He was in a Western, Back to the Future 3. Yeah. So Doc Holiday, Doc Not Holiday talks about right. his, uh, his, talks about booze with his uh, adoptive father. Um, but a separate chase is going to break out. We're going to see Emilio Estevez scampering away. Uh, they don't really know what it's about, but they still ride up with a carriage and find him hiding and are like, get in the car. And uh, he's like, okay. And then they <laughs> just ride calmly away. So we see Emilio escape from um, Jack Palance. Don't know what's going on, but they're just adopting him because again, it's an orphanage. Let's Let's go to that orphanage and... Hop right in with the positivity of this film. Want to play games, Pendejo? You're a red-ass Mexican greaser. You do it with your horse. <laughs> Mexican greaser! Come here, you little white chicken. Greaser! Greaser! Come on, greaser! Cut me in! Hey! Hey! Knock it off! Behind the horse! Knock it off! That's it! Hey! Cut me there, Mexican! Cut me there, Mexican! Come on! Hey! Knock it off! No better shot than Navajo! Navajo! Enough! <laughs> and then they're told to go clean up for supper, and that does a fair amount of tone set up for this film i had to look it up because i was like is is like this movie seems confused is chavez mexican or is he native american and he wasn't native american at all he was just mexican right yeah yeah yeah. and i was like oh okay okay, but in the movie he's definitely supposed to be navajo right yeah (laughs) in in real life he in the movie he calls himself mexican indian like it's hyphenated right but in real life chavez yes chavez is just a Mexican American. Yeah, guy. yeah, that's okay. Yeah, all right, great. I'm. <laughs> just, well, this guy, this guy's Filipino, so he should probably play a Mexican and Native American. Mm-hmm. He only plays Native American and Mexicans. Like I went through his whole IMDb, and it's like ninety percent Hispanic or mm-hmm. na- like I, Native American. So characters. like I like I I was watching this, and I was like. Lou Diamond Phillips is Filipino, right? And looked it up, and then I was like, wait, he played Richie fucking Valens, too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's fucked yeah. up. Discerning American audiences demanded it. <laughs> uh, so, also, uh, the, 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 the very mouthy man in that last clip, I would like to point out, I'm pretty sure that is the man who's named Dirty Steven. <laughs> <laughs> that's like the guy in the frat that no one wants to talk to like this is chad and julian and oh that's dirty steven back there (laughs) well i mean to be fair he looks like pig pen like he constantly has a quarter inch of dirt on his face so at one point in a few scenes emilio estevez is literally like rolling around in pig shit and is five times cleaner than this man (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, speaking of, Emilio is playing Billy the Kid. They give him a job feeding pigs that he's really bad at. Uh, the other cowboys are all showing off their skills, such as knife throwing, that's going to be super important, and lassoing, also going to be very important in the plot of this film. Mm-hmm. 
And then uh, let's so let's hear a little bit more of that opening sound clip, uh, but without music and a little more context. We work for Mr. Tunstall as regulators. We regulate any stealing of his property. We're damn good, too. Mr. Tunstall's got a soft spot for runaways, derelicts, vagrant types. But you can't be any geek off the street. Got to be handy with the steel, if you know what I mean, earn you keep. Go on, go on, get! Not that I'm a pistolier or a knifesmith like that uh, greaser Chavez Chavez over there. I'm a pugilist. <laughs> but then I ain't expecting you to know the explanation of that word. Hog boy! Shit, you don't even know why I'm here. Sure I do. You're a runaway, derelict, scud-bottom vagrant, ain't you, like the rest of us? Footpad, maybe? Petty thief? Rob a bank? Kill somebody? <laughs> kill somebody? Oh, that's right, Billy. The kid's gonna have his swagger now, because they know that he killed somebody. So they're going to go to dinner and discuss some history. And dad is going to make sure they're all using proper table manners. Uh, and then um, they laugh at Emilio because he has a way with hogs and they're like, and uh, dad is not very pleased. Sort of like, Oh, we're just hacking on him. And then they asked Billy why he killed a man. And he said, cause they were hacking on me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> And then after dinner, it's time for reading lessons. Hooray. Um, did anybody else refer to this whole situation as Terrence Stamps home for wayward boys? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. I was, I, I almost made that exact joke earlier. Literally, literal had the exact wording in my brain, <laughs> but they are all sitting around. He's like, read the journal. Yeah. It's, I mean, if you, if you divorce it from what it actually is in theory, like, all right, somebody giving, kids that aren't educated and you know will just be sort of turned to street crime or whatever a chance to learn to read and write and have jobs and like work a farm and whatever it's like oh yeah that's actually good but the the way they portray it is so i don't know it's like it's like the old west early 90s late 80s version of a victorian drama in some way it's <laughs> so weird he's like he's he's also like terrence stamp is like the old west nick fury yes right. he's like assembled <laughs> let me this bring you team all together regulators. yeah so you can fight the murphy clan for me <laughs> we can't stop you but we can regulate you <laughs> Regulators. i don't know so he's sitting in his rocking chair uh, teaching the boys how to read. Billy the kid doesn't want to read, uh, but dad's like, you're not allowed to be an idiot if you want to stay here, so read. And of course, Billy the kid is going to take the paper or magazine or whatever it was and read it perfectly because he already learned how and people are impressed or whatever. <laughs> I don't even know. The next day, Jack Palance is going to arrive with a bunch of law boy looking fools and also we're going to get our first I just want to say Jack Pal- Jack Palance is like the person who knows what movie he's in in mm-hmm. this movie. Like he is just fucking chewing scenery and cackling like a fucking like mustache twirling villain about to tie a woman to railroad tracks. And it's so good. It's it's pure delicious ham. Everyone else is so fucking serious. Like they want to be mm-hmm. so cool. And Jack Palance is like, I don't give a fuck. I'm three years I mean- away from my Oscar. 
Jack Palance is is a piece of rawhide at this point in real life. Yes, yes. So like he's been in so many westerns and, yeah. and burned by yeah. the sun. So now it's yeah. like he's impervious to it. I've, that he's just he knows he's like like he probably walked on set the first day was like I've seen a real cowboy movie. I'm gonna have some fun. <laughs> <laughs> have, have Have you seen uh, his Oscar acceptance speech? for because he won for curly for city slickers like best supporting actor and he gets up there and like everyone's cheering because he had the first oscar and i think billy crystal was hosting and obviously he was in city slickers and the first thing he says into the microphone accepting his award was billy crystal i crap bigger than him (laughs) and then he does one-armed push-ups while Whoopi goldberg is just like cackling it's so good goodness that's art it is amazing <laughs> that man that man is amazing <laughs> sheriff brady mr murphy is going to continue coming to you claiming i have taken his property until i'm pronounced a thief and shaken out of lincoln i've never touched his property i have no cause <laughs> well the belted earl has spoken look behind you earl All I see are hired thieves. These boys are promising young men, acquiring an education. Well, I've had you pegged as the type that, uh, that likes educating young boys, Englishmen. (laughs) I did want to keep the sound clip going because his accent gets far worse just a few lines down the road Uh but the important part of the conversation is basically dad and jack palance are both after this big beef contract but jack palance has all sorts of people in his pocket but dad's not going to be pushed around by political corruption he's going to go about it the right way and sell his beef and then everyone draws guns on each other for some reason and uh Everyone walks away and nothing happens. There's a cattle farm economy subplot to this movie that just went over my head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, well, it's because it's also it's cattle farm slash general store, as is mentioned, like two thirds of the way through the movie. And then in the epilogue. Um, but my <laughs> my biggest question about this particular element is if he has come all the way from London being Terrence Stamp to start this this cattle ranch beef farm be in the beef trade assumedly from what they're they're how they're portraying it jack palance predates that and there's this big issue why did Terrence stamp do it right there he could have gone a little further away and avoided this whole problem in theory because at this point the west was still very like you could just take whatever you wanted and just live there so it seems extra unnecessary that he was like, no, this is my cow square. You can't have my cow square or my cows. I mean, if he already built the house and the pen for all his beef, like and collected all move. the wayward boys. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> They're going to get lost. They're not going to know where the new home is. They'll just starve to death. It'll be sad. Lost boys. Um, yeah, that's where they came from. <laughs> right. This guy's cattle ranch. 
There is one guy on Palance's crew. By the way, Palance is Murphy, which will come up in some audio clips, but I'm just going to keep calling him Palance. There is one guy in his crew during this scene who looks a lot like Shmi in Hook. So I do think the Lost Boys uh, bit is very fitting to this movie. Anyway, later on, a new man-child is going to show up. It's one of Palance's boys who says he got fired. And dad's not going to ask a lot of questions. He's going to tell him to cut up over there and that uh, he can go ahead and stay in the home. And that's certainly not going to come up again later in this movie. Why is everybody in this movie dumb except for Billy the Kid? Well, here's narrative needed it. (laughs) I mean, also, we'll get to that scene and I'm not entirely sure Billy was right. Like it was never conclusive. Billy's That's... crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's a he's a, a sociopath for sure. <laughs> in this but... movie, at least. Yeah, yeah, well, I know. Yeah. Like, like yeah. C- compare and contrast to Billy the Kid and, and Bill and Ted, who was like a cowboy and murderer, but also like a gentleman and like clearly like well spoken and smart. Which is apparently how history generally remembers him right so emilio estevez and I, I don't know enough about this to know if it was like direction or they were just like yeah just like be crazy and shoot people because it kind of seems like that's all anybody was told for this movie yeah from all the um like the critics reviews and and things about the movie it seemed like just the writer and the director didn't put in any effort do you know what I mean? Like they were just yeah. like, okay, we have this basic script. Like there's one point when um later on when Emilio Estevez is dictating a letter to be mm-hmm. written oh, yeah, to yeah. their yeah. lawyer or yeah. whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. So they wanted it to, to seem to the governor. Oh yeah, the governor. They wanted it to <laughs> right, seem governor like governor Axtel, yes, that's right. <laughs> he wanted it to seem like he was actually dictating a letter, like ad libbing it. So mm-hmm. they never gave him the script and instead had cue cards in the back <laughs> with <laughs> like, a, like a middle school drama. Like, yeah, they, or like they SNL. They trust him to actually ad lib his own letter. They were like, here's, but I, but it sounds like that's how a lot of this movie came about. Weird it's shit like it, that. It, it's how it feels having just recently watched it. Yeah. Um. I, and what's, what's great is something like this scene with Terrence Stamp, where like he accepts this guy from the rival team in, knowing full well this could be a plant, it could be a traitor. There could have been like one exchange of a couple lines of dialogue that like gave his character more depth, where he could have said, like, there's always a chance something could go wrong, but I'd rather choose to give someone, you know, the chance to do the right thing, but keep an eye on him, Doc. You know yeah. what I mean? And like, that like, okay. Yeah. But <laughs> Just, just well, no, you have free reign of the place now. Here's the keys to the horse. <laughs> <laughs> and I would say one of the biggest movies that's going to come up, or one of the biggest problems that's going to come up with this movie is the blown away problem. Time doesn't seem to matter much in this movie. Mm-hmm. There's a wedding that happens just as quickly as blown away. And so I'm definitely going to more to say on that as we go through this <laughs> movie. Does, but I think yeah. that's... What? No, I didn't think about it, but you're right. Like, mm-hmm. this, this does have a lot of, like... And like almost like, uh, well, there's a bad Irish accent. Uh, <laughs> I feel I feel like Emilio is sort of channeling Tommy Lee Jones in his like insanity. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Tommy Lee Jones would have been 
Oh, channeling Emilio. You're right. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> so yeah, let's, uh, the boys are out practicing their skills. Billy shoots his gun just to scare them all. And dad runs out all angry. And he's so angry. He's going to say, it's time to dance. And they go to a hoedown. Uh. I loved that moment. They're all like joshing around and doing this different stuff. And then Emilio Estevez just fires 35 shots from his two six guns into a bucket of water. And then Taryn Stamp angrily shouts, regulators, let's dance. And it's the greatest yeah. thing ever. And then smash cut to someone playing a flute. Yes. yes. <laughs> what? So at the at the hoedown, dad is going to talk to Terry O'Quinn. So, of course, I'm going to refer to him as John Locke yeah, throughout the rest of this. Yeah, that's what we did uh, excuse when we were me, watching. Excuse me. Refer to him as Howard Hughes. I will refer to him as the stepfather. I will not bow to you. <laughs> well, uh, one of us, it took the entire movie to figure out who he was because they didn't look him up on IMDb. And I'm like, who is this guy? <laughs> he looks so familiar. <laughs> Uh, oh, real quick, so John real quick, a- I gotta tell this story real quick. I meant to tell it earlier. But we're watching it, and John was talking about, like, again, how old they are. And he's like, I mean, he's like, this isn't the time where you had outlaws like Billy the Kid that were in their teens, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, yeah. But, you know, he's like, but they're old men. I was like, yeah. <laughs> so later on, I was like, yeah, Billy. And he goes, wait. Who's Billy? Billy? He's like, Billy the Kid's in this movie? And I was like, yeah, Emilio Estevez is Billy the Kid. And he goes, what? He's like, this movie is about Billy the Kid? I was like, didn't you just talk about Billy the Kid earlier? He goes, yeah, I was talking about how people like Billy the Kid were around at this time. So why were there old people? But I don't know. It was weird. It's like when you get the right math answer but you don't know how you got there. Yeah. You get the right, Mm -hmm. I guess Mm -hmm. that's kind of what that was. You can, you can just (laughs) refer to him as Jolly Crawford from now on. And uh, (laughs) he can be a character later in this film. (laughs) So, uh, so yeah, John Locke is a lawyer who is all about breaking up the political corruption along with dad. So um, they kind of have a conversation about that while one of the boys is lying about being a doctor and Doc Kiefer walks around looking like a vampire and he sees Jack Palance kind of harassing an Asian lady. So he goes over and asks her for a dance. Uh, we're we're going to come back to them in a hot second. Uh-huh. But first, Billy the Kid is going to meet Pat Garrett and is very starstruck. And as we know, Pat Garrett is going to be playing bigger roles in this movie. Apparently, so that's the other thing with this movie. There are so many names they throw out. Like, I should know all these major Old West figures that I don't know. They Mm -hmm. definitely write this movie like we all have, Mm -hmm. like, great courses level knowledge of Billy the Kid. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? So to be fair, like, like going back to the, the fucking Marvel, like, analogy, like, there were so many fucking Westerns about Billy the Kid. Like throughout the like sixties, seventies, and seventies, and, and yeah, I feel like, like as a kid, I knew about Billy the Kid. Yeah, because it was like it was kind of like um, Jesse James, right? Like right. you sort of like, knew about these people. Wyatt <laughs> but Earp. Yeah, exactly. I still yeah. think they name drop. I, I I still agree with Matt that they name drop. Like you're supposed to know who the fuck these people are. I think you guys are actually really onto something I had never considered. This came out 
what it would have been straddling the gap where like okay flashy cowboy violence for the kids yep. but their parents who would have been watching all the older westerns and stuff like that will put all these like fun marvel easter eggs in yeah they'll be like oh pat garrett yeah the kid doesn't <laughs> care because he just wants to see some shooting but i know that this is a deeper movie about the west or like me who is going to be horny over all of these guys <laughs> and then my dad being like oh yeah billy the kid and me caring <laughs> And then, you know, Christian Slater, who's not in this movie, by the way. But <laughs> I was like, this was definitely on Bridget's hornometer list. And then watching it now, I'm like, oh, cringe. <laughs> well, I, I feel like it's like uh, <laughs> Three Musketeers. Yes. And, and we have two of the Three Musketeers here. Yeah. Well, you Except were just... this time, um, Kiefer's the poet. Yes. But, it, what, but, but when Charlie Sheen starts reading from the, the journal, he sounds just like his character from Three Musketeers, which made me think about how I laughed and died during that episode. <laughs> you became a ghost. I seen it. I mean, we can all agree now as adults that the only sexy person in this movie is, in fact, Terrence Stamp. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Unless yeah. you're into chewed pieces of leather, then. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> not... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or Dirty Stevens. Or Dirty Stevens, yeah. <laughs> Stevens by, the, yes. by the way, I, we didn't mention Dirty Steven played by Dermot Mulrooney, who becomes like a heartthrob in like a decade, starring yeah, in like was, several Julia Roberts uh, movies. My best friend's wedding yes, guy. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. They had to, uh, do you think like Emilio and Charlie Sheen were like, he's too pretty, dirty him up. <laughs> Can't have shit. One more chewing tobacco in his lip. I want him unrecognizable. <laughs> So Doc Kiefer is trying to impress uh, his new lady friend with his poetry because he fancies himself a poet. Mm -hmm. He's his character from Flatliners. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> it's a beautiful day to die in the West. Yeah, honestly, I, I was thinking about that a lot. I'm like, wow, he's between those two roles. He's really trying to stretch himself and play two distinctly different characters. Because in this one, he's all like, gee, howdy shucks. Oh, no. Bang, bang, bang. Oh, oh, shoot. I'm a poet. I like, have you guys seen Dark City? Yes. Mm -hmm. Like, he, no. I, at some I, like, point. Like, I never realized until we started watching these old Kiefer movies that I'm, I was like, wow, he's playing such a character in Dark City. But I was like, no, he does this, like, the same raspy voice in, like, every role he had in the late he, 80s, early 90s. But he also does it in real life just before he tackles a Christmas tree in a mall. <laughs> <laughs> As someone who watched so, the first two seasons of, oh, no, was it only the first season? It was only the first season of Designated Survivor. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> and he still yeah. does that. Does he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, he, they, they fired the guy who played Solid Snake, uh, David Hayter, and then hired Kiefer Sutherland to, like, do the, like, uh, Metal Gear. For, for context for people who are not into Metal Gear, David Hayter had been playing him for, like, what, 25 years or something like that? Like and then they fired years, yeah. Kiefer to come in for a game and, like, he had less than 20 minutes worth of dialogue or something yeah. in that game. And, I, I and never of, played it, of, but that's what I heard. One of his few lines was saying, do it. So your horse would poop. Kiefer just growling, do it. And your horse would poop. <laughs> so speaking of horse poop, uh, Jack Palance is going to come over and interrupt Doc Vampire's poetry game uh, because... Boss Boys! Yeah. Doc Vampire's poetry game sounds like a weird... <laughs> 
party thing that would happen to high schoolers. It's the new hot thing from Fidget Creative. So uh, you're eating worms, Billy. (laughs) So he breaks up their dance and uh, takes the young lady away. And that's when John Locke is going to come over and give a naive Kiefer a little more information on the story. The girl's guardian. Guardian? That's a gentle euphemism. Why? He had a shirt ruined in a Silver City laundry. He took the celestial woman's daughter as payment. She's house entertainment, as I understand it. Come on. You can dance with Susan. It's safer. Yeah. yeah. So that gives you a real idea of the Jack Palance character in this movie. Um, yeah, and, and yeah. while they're still at, while they're still at the hoedown, he's going to send one of his boys over to mess with dad, but one of dad's boys is going to step in, correct the dude's grammar and then punch him in the <laughs> face. He, I believe he pugilists him. Pugilists, he does. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then it's time for happy new year because it's apparently new year. So they somehow managed <laughs> to perform old Lang Syne with their guns. That that came out of nowhere, right? Like that wasn't mentioned yep. and I missed it. They just all screamed nope. happy new year and started shooting their guns at an arbitrary moment in this movie. Well, it's like the fourth of July yep. and blown away. <laughs> uh, it just yeah. pops up out of nowhere. Yeah. You're right, yeah. Eight hours wow, we later. Really crack this thing. So I I one thing I didn't look up because I, I, I didn't look up a lot of actual facts was I was like, was this was Yen Sun the, the Chinese woman anybody? Like was it No No. No, they she just didn't added, exist. They just added this. Like, what they the just f- added this uncomfortable. <laughs> what the fuck? Shit. What the fuck? Romance, Bridget. I think you mean the word romance. Uh, no, she does not. Oh, I don't think she does. <laughs> oh, no. She is so disgusted by Kiefer Sutherland. He's like pushing in on her. And uh, it's uh, like also gross, uh, though, because she's like, this is awful and I hate this, but this is a better deal than Jack Palance. Yeah, which is heartbreaking. Yeah. Like, like uh, I believed it could be a situation that existed. It's just yeah. that, that that character in real life, Doc Shoster, whatever his name is, didn't, didn't marry some Asian girl that he stole from Murphy. No. Doc Shastacola. Yeah, Shastacola. Scar- what? Skurlock. Thank you. Skurlock. Like, like a, a, I don't know, a, a dollar store version of Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> Skurlock. Skurlock. And he's a, he's a dollar store Doc Holiday. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Burned. So Dawn's going to break and they're going to drunkenly ride home. I'm and your Huckleberry. All the boys, <laughs> all the boys nice. are going to get very excited to ride off and shoot wild turkeys while dad just happily watches them do it but out of nowhere and keep in mind this is the old western plains somehow an entire posse <laughs> manages to roll up on dad and bonnie and clyde his this ass me, while the kids are like 30 feet away this made me so mad because like nothing makes sense camera angle wise in this mm. shot like like I had no understanding of like the geography of fucking anything in the scene. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, wait, wait! He just got killed! Like, what? Like, why? What? What? What is happening?" 
but Jack Palance does the Bo Bridges stand up cross thing when he gets yes. shot and killed. <laughs> he, he I'm gonna connect shot. this to so many movies, guys. Uh. He gets shot like seven times close range with shotguns and pistols and then stands up and Jesus is way off <laughs> the ground. Jack Palance is like, I'm not. Uh, no. Terrence Stamp. Terrence Stamp. Yeah, like, well, it's it's it. it's just because you're thinking of Jack Palance who, whose skin looks like the foreskin of Christ. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Man, and that was all in the pre-show, Quentin. So people are going to be no, just gonna, real weirded out by what you just I'm said. I'm going to have to. I realize I'm like I'm going to have to cut that out. <laughs> Don't cut it out. <laughs> okay. Just, yeah. No. Just leave like it in. We didn't cut out Jesus's <laughs> Keep it, you coward. <laughs> Secret sound. I'm not afraid um. of you, Pope Francis. <laughs> Pope foreskin. <laughs> so Doc is going to realize there's too many bad guys and they're all going to flee out of there. Then Charlie Sheen is going to use his Bible poetry to send dad to the afterlife. Can can we uh, just real quick to rerun for just a second? The whole, well, boys will be boys as they ride off to just shoot a bunch of birds. Uh, and they go behind the one bush in the expansive open field, Monty Python style. <laughs> and then they don't hear the several hundred bullets that are shot not 20 feet away. Mm -hmm. Like the confusion, like the way they edited this together, the confusion on their faces yeah. is so bizarre because it's like, it's, it's like, it's like, across the living room for me now yeah. if somebody shot that lamp 30 times and I couldn't figure <laughs> out what was happening. The way it's like it's like cut like a shot reverse shot so it looks like they're just standing across the field staring at it but then like it seems like they're far like it, do, it doesn't make any sense. I feel like the director had no vision. No. Like like he knew what this <clears throat> he he had the script yeah. but he didn't in his head ever yeah. picture how this was supposed to look. What I was the only thing I could think 100%. of was if they had a different death for Terrence Stamp, and then they cut that in because it's all silhouetted. You can't even see who's who, mm -hmm. and then for whatever reason, like the other one didn't work, so they would just like, yeah, just cut it back and <laughs> forth, and it'll be fine. No one will notice. Mm -hmm. We noticed. <laughs> no one so will lawyer notice. John just takes a swig out of his fucking flask. <laughs> yeah. So lawyer John Locke wants to push for justice and he asks for the young guns to be deputized so they can serve that justice. And that's just how things work in the old West. Uh, so their first target is uh, they roll up on this shack looking thing. And yeah. the dude is it's supposedly in there with the lady, but no, th oh, no that's, that's the thing. I thought it was a bar. Like, a, no, like a they, well, so, that's the ah! thing. It's like, they roll up on this very tiny shack yeah. that is also the local bar slash gambling establishment yeah, slash yeah. barber shop yeah. slash it's, brothel yeah. that they fit into a, a place smaller than my Boston apartment. Yeah. It's it's a TARDIS. It's like 20 <laughs> times bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. Yeah. It's from so the outside. It's truly a one room serial killer shack like in the in the, <laughs> the, the old west. And then they walk in and it's it's like the almost like the 
crappier version of the gem saloon from Deadwood. It's just very not spatially coherent. Yeah. They like magically go from like Span's movie ranch where they just have this building <clears throat> to like the inside of like Pinewood Studios or something. Yeah. Actually, the more we're talking about this, Quentin, I think, uh, was it you who said it maybe at the top of the show? I do think when we're talking, like, it is just a bunch of vignettes that they just edited together. Yeah. And they were just, it, because there's no, there's no coherence. There's no the coherence. More, the more you really dig into it, it just doesn't I, match I up. disagree with you guys. I, I think <laughs> it's a bad story, but I followed the plot through the whole thing. No, no, no. I mean, like, visually, the way it's constructed, the narrative. Like, it, it feels like they're like, oh, yeah, we have this scene inside a place where Billy's looking for somebody. And then we have the shot that's establishing outside a place. Those two places don't look anything alike. It's fine. Just, <laughs> just edit it yeah, together. We'll just get a, we'll string a story together. Yeah. And, like, the story's like, uh, someone died, they get deputized, and then they murder a bunch of criminals they're supposed to not murder. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They well, do it the wrong way, and so then justice comes for them. I, yeah. I don't think it's a good plot. I think it had a plot. Does that I could justice come the for thing. them? Well, no. It, it tends but, to. Also, the movie but, seems but, to be on their side, which is very <laughs> well. And I think that's the issue. Well, it, it gives emotional weight to the young guns, except <laughs> it does nothing to win you over to sympathize with. It's not like well, yes, right. It, it's not like, and and again this. The sequel retcons this yes. a lot. Mm -hmm. The sequel will talk about how, like, Billy the Kid kills a lot of people, but he never draws his gun first type of thing. <laughs> like, he, <laughs> yeah. It's really so, different. Yeah. Oh, that's so, yeah, let's, Which, let's just walk through the scene, the scene real quick. Because, yeah, yeah, exactly. So they send in Billy the Kid, uh -huh. and his instructions are to serve a warrant and they're supposed to bring this guy in. And the idea that John Locke will say a little later in the movie is there are 11 guys they're supposed to round up alive. And that is going to uncover this criminal ring that they've basically been been using to to keep everyone else out of this beef game that everyone wants a hand in. So they send in Billy. Please stop talking about he Jesus' foreskin. <laughs> he uh, he finds the guy. And as opposed to doing anything, then he decides to go out and to the bathroom to wait for Hill is the guy that he's getting right now. So Hill, because he heard Hill saying hey, we need to go to the bathroom before he could go have sex with a prostitute. So he waits in the bathroom. Hill you should goes always out go to the, the bathroom, bathroom before and after you have sex, especially if you're a girl, mm -hmm. because you can get UTIs if you don't. So Billy waits in the bathroom for Hill. Uh, Hill's going to fart because that's amusing, I guess. Sounds uh, like and a then Billy... to me. Hmm? Oh, gross. Uh, so then Billy's just <laughs> going to turn around and murder him yeah. and laugh and shove the warrant into his mouth. Yeah. And of course, because he just shot a guy in the bathroom, everyone's going to come out of this local everything shop. A big gunfight's going to ensue. The young guns are going to win, but Sheen is going to yell at Billy that he's the law and he shouldn't have done that. But that's to your point, Jared. Like, I think that is this entire movie is going to be a bunch of these scenes. Billy the Kid is not a character well, <laughs> that they make us care no. about at all. Yeah, no, no they don't. No. That's why, like, the like Joker you say, the is more one, sympathetic. Wait till you see the next one. <laughs> but like, a big part of the um, Billy the Kid mythos 
and they they do they mention it briefly at the end of this and you get it more in the second movie but is that how the cowardly way that garrett shoots billy the kid like he's literally like like he's like like with his back turned in a dark room and that's how he murders him but that's how billy the kid murders half of the people in this yes yeah it's fucking karma it's like yeah and if there, so if there was a meta element to this movie, which there is not, I am in no way claiming there is, and I want to be clear about that. The way he acts in this movie is, in some ways, he the way he was betrayed by like the media of the time, and then people liked him. Then he became an antihero, and then he became celebrated, which is something that they talk about in the next movie when they retcon all of this. But there's an argument to be made in this scene. That as Billy the Kid, I could have, if I was him, thought that Charlie Sheen wanted me to murder that man because everything leading up to this has been about how Billy is a killer and how Billy is a murderer. And the way Sheen hands off the warrant to him and then says, this one's on you, Billy, go get him. And then almost goes, wink. (laughs) It's like, it's like. You want you oh oh you didn't want me to shoot him in the face 38 times when he was taking a poop? I apologize. Great miscommunication because I thought that's what the job was. <laughs> My bad. I'm sorry there are now 17 corpses littered around us. <laughs> so many. So also and- nobody reloads in this entire no, movie. No, <laughs> they yeah. are six guns and they shoot 30 to 40 bullets apiece. Oh god. There are so many slow motion shots of and close-ups of fucking revolvers getting shot. It's just like, I feel like they just wanted to shoot guns. And it's it's that bad, like, 80s TV slow motion. Oh, it's yeah. not really slow yeah. motion. They just, like, pull frames. Yep, and, like, yes. like yep, oh, yeah. duplicate a bunch of frames and stutter them, and yeah. <laughs> I also do want to highlight here, too, that from the movie we've seen, to me, it feels like Billy the Kid has been with this group for all of three days. Yep. Having yeah. completed the film, I feel like this is supposed to be like two months into him hanging out with them, but that's not how the movie presents it. And it's going to, to me, it's going to get way worse in, in, in a couple scenes, but just like, this is one of those points where it's like, he's been with you for two days. Why is he the one you're sending in unless because we are going to learn that Charlie Sheen really does not like Billy the Kid. He was hoping Billy was going to die in this scene. Like, that's my best guess for why he sent him in. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I love these meta readings of young guns. (laughs) (laughs) You've put more thought in it than the fucking director. Christopher (laughs) Kane did not think this hardly. This hard script edit. (laughs) What would we do? But, uh, but hey, they are gaining notoriety. Nine men lay dead or at death's door yesterday noon following a gunfight between Lincoln resident Henry Hill, 45, and what patrons have called a kid. A local miner has identified the kid as one Henry McCarty, also known as William H. Bonney, 19 or 20. In a flaming shootout, the kid, Billy, killed Mr. Hill, then took on an onslaught of Hill partisans, bringing the damage to six verified slayings. Bonnie is believed to be the captain of a deputized gang. Captain, how come I don't say nothing about, about the two I closed out? Shit, Dick, he sent a lamb into the slaughter and he walked out king sheep. El Chivato, Billy the Kid, huh? So, that's just a note there that at this point, Billy's gotten to start 
showing off his crazy and everyone's kind of into it right now. But that's not really the important part because Doc Kiefer's going to finish reading that article and look over and see his China doll walking by. <laughs> so he's going to run over and put on some of them there smooth moves. Come on, Yen, I just want to talk. You look like trouble. Trouble? You think I look like trouble? I'm a poet. Carrying flowers of all things. And a gun. It's a big gun. It's a big town. Come on, Yen. Please. Stop! <laughs> look, if you don't want to take these, that's fine. But you take a message to your guardian. You tell LG Murphy, the regulators are going to clean house. And I mean clean house. That they can't own us like they own a little China girl for the price of a shirt. Okay? If you're not going to take my flowers, then I'm going to threaten you. I'm going to threaten you, <laughs> and I'm going to insult you racially. And I'm going to scream. I want you to bring this message that is going to bring grave consequences upon you from the psychopath it's intended for to him and tell him this threat for me. Because oh my, my ego is bruised because you won't talk to me. <laughs> That's why I'm screaming in the streets of a Western town and waving about like a maniac. To be fair, she's like one of like three women in this movie. So he probably <laughs> is like, I've never seen a g -g -g girl before. But it was after this conversation that he did, in fact, invent the friend zone <laughs> that we have to live with to this day. Oh. Anyway, time to find the next person on the list. Uh, some man finds horse poop and picks it up to take a look at it. But then the young guns jump out of nowhere to arrest him. Uh, so they argue about what to do because Billy wants to just kill them right there. Uh, and Charlie Sheen is like, no, we are the law. We need to take them in for justice. And that new guy who we met a little while ago, who dad's like, yeah, go caught up and everything. He's like, hey, wait, while we're taking them in, let's not take this really obvious path that we should take. Let's take this other path because Jack Palance will be waiting for us. And Billy thinks he sees something. I saw that. What? What'd you see? What'd you see? He knows what I just saw. What you talking about? Where's the ambush, McCloskey? In Lincoln? You're trying to steer us away from Capitan because you know your men, Murphy's men, are waiting to jump us in Lincoln. Billy, what are you talking about? McCloskey's with us. He's a regulator. Yeah, but he used to ride with Murphy. That's what I'm talking about. That was a long time ago. He's a spy! He's been it's with like us. like 10 we hours ago. Pack. Right, McCloskey? Right. Jesus, Billy. Yeah, no, exactly, Bridget, to the time problems of this movie. But the new guy is going to offer his hand. So Billy's going to make like he's going to go to shake it and then murders him twice, once with a bullet to the brain yeah. and then a bullet to the heart. I will say Billy has a heck of a shot in this movie. He murders so many people right between the eyes. Yeah, like mm -hmm. he's really like from dead varying distances. Also, <laughs> Mostly dead. I love that. <laughs> Steel I love that. He shoots him in the head and then like cackles for a while. And the guy is still standing upright somehow long enough for him yeah. to like shoot him in the chest. Which I it, it completely I know there was squibs, so it had to be planned, but it felt like 
he didn't take the stage direction of falling down after the headshot. So like <laughs> Emilio Estevez had to improvise and shoot him again. Like, and now he is dead. <laughs> just, it's, it's just like, he's like a kid who doesn't want to like, he's just like, no, no, you didn't kill me. Yeah. yeah. No, I have bulletproof armor under my coat. <laughs> my skull is thick. Uh-huh. Uh, so yeah, at this point, like then all the guys they were trying wow. to arrest wow. try to run off. Yeah, that, wow. was, that, was, that was rough. Wow. <laughs> Fuck off, Bridget. <laughs> so rude. That it, yeah, that just that settled that settled in like a, a dead a, or alive. <laughs> <laughs> Regulators. <laughs> I think Bridget's the new bad boy. Yeah. <laughs> She's the fucking Billy the Kid of words. She's just like murdering my precious I'm sense of Bridget self. Bridget the Kid. Bridget the Kid. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they murder everyone that they were trying to arrest. Uh, Doc Kiefer has the blood of the new guy all over his face. Mm. Um, and then... <laughs> That's a little Billy the Kid. You are Billy the Kid. You're just like giggling about Yeah. <laughs> so before riding off sheen tells billy that he needs to stop believing all the papers and the articles about him that he is no robin hood and doc Kiefer is sad and yeah that's there basically sheen and billy are fighting to be leaders of this group that has again as bridget said been formed for like 10 hours at this point Mm -hmm. and and there is never a clear distinction as to whether the guy he shot was actually trying to betray them. <laughs> it's never yes, it's yes. never cleared up, yeah. And it's also not intentionally ambiguous to make you question Billy. It's just poorly done. Yes. Yeah. Hey, let's have Kiefer read some more newspaper. Advices from Lincoln say the young lad of lightning rapidity, iron nerve, and marvelous skill apparently single-handedly took down Morton and Baker of the Murphy Dolan faction including a miraculous shot of 50 yards. There's a picture here. It says Billy the Kid, but it ain't Billy. See that? <laughs> oh, that's me. Oh, this is bullshit. So Sheen sees a picture of himself in the article about I mean, Billy the Kid. And I know. And they do. Like, I kept like looking <laughs> at them, and I was like, they both do look alike, and they both do look a lot like Martin Sheen. Mm-hmm. Like they look like their dad. It's true. Yeah, but he's still not happy about it. He's really <laughs> angry. Also, Keith or Sutherland. Yeah, Keith or Keith or Sutherland <laughs> sounded absolutely blitzed. Like just isolating the audio without the. And Billy the kid was he shot a man. <laughs> he sounds like he was legitimately drunk while they were reading that for the. He's a method actor. <laughs> I also love that they get all their news like a dad sitting at the table in the morning drinking his coffee and eating a piece of toast reading the paper mm-hmm. the god you and hear about this Billy the Kid well and it also doesn't address the times they have the papers and they are in the middle of nowhere yeah they're in the desert like when, right where did they get the paper you, yeah. it, like at what point did they go into the town to get that last paper they were the only thing in frame there is like a rock and a cactus they cut out the, the shot of the paper boy walking the frame and throwing a paper at the and why rock. is there two editions in 10 hours <laughs> <laughs> you got the early edition you got the late edition 
But that's not the only thing we're going to see, because we're also going to see Lou Diamond Phillips walking barefoot in the snow to grab some stuff that you can't quite tell what it is. While Sheen is discussing with Doc Kiefer how uh, there's no way for them to go. They can't go north. They can't go east. They can't go west because every direction someone's trying to murder them. But uh, Lou Diamond Phillips paints his face and we go on to this scene. Come to a place where we are lost. No. When an Indian is lost, he must reach into the spirit world to find the way. On the spirit road, he'll be shown a sign. This is the way to the spirit road. We're lost right now, but I'll find us the way. Oh, Christ, Chavez, that's all we need is some more of your red-ass Navajo, man, but your hambo, we're running out of time here, Chavez. But they all drink from the cup of peyote anyway, and they all take a trip, which the trip is going to involve about 26 minutes of them talking in in uh, lowered voices. Now, it's not like the scene is in slow motion. They've just taken the audio and like dropped it down a few notes. Uh, Kiefer is just standing there going on about, I believe he says his Asian rose or something along those lines, because something that's how about he talks about butterfly. her. Yeah, he has to catch his beautiful butterfly. <laughs> uh, you know, Jim Morrison I believe did it's- the same thing. <laughs> in the desert took a bunch of peyote and talked yeah. weird yeah that's true <laughs> i believe it's pig pen who just keeps randomly firing his gun in all sorts of different <laughs> yeah. directions and, like falling Actually, in and out of kid, a cave that kid made me laugh like <laughs> whatever charlie just, is that his name like he's yeah. like adorable this whole movie no was that charlie i didn't think that one no. was charlie it was, yeah. it was that, one, that one was pig pen is dirty okay, Steven, was yeah. okay. he was is he trying to shoot a rabbit or something he keeps talking about something that he's seeing like in that cave but it's never clear what he's talking i mean because it's probably nothing he's probably seeing things that aren't there because they were actually on peyote uh no i don't know if they were i bet they were i mean i mean charlie sheen's involved filming it would assume it would it would surprise me exactly zero percent to find Mm. out that that was true (laughs) uh but then this scene gets real good because while they're all still tripping balls, they're going to ride through an indigenous village uh, and shout at all the people watching them pass that they can't murder them because they're in the spirit world right now. Uh, while all these, indige- all these indigenous people are just looking at them like, oh, okay, oh, like, I friend, love the way they just wh- were like, these fucking idiots. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I loved that. But also in the scene, um, Kiefer is covered up because it's not Kiefer, it's a stand-in because Kiefer's kid had just been born, so he was offset. Ah. So that's why he was covered. Mm. Just a little fun fact for you. What, it, if only they could have cut any of these 28 minutes of movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, right. I mean, here's the other fun fact on that, Bridget. Mm-hmm. They have this whole part where they go through the indigenous village, and it matters not. It doesn't There's matter no at all. reason for them to do it. It doesn't There's matter. There's no impact on the rest of this film. The it's, guy it's, who who's leading them isn't even indigenous. <laughs> yes. It's it, it's not like they meet someone who's like, "Oh, I know I know of a an overgrown path most people have forgotten about." It's not like they are led somewhere and are taught something or they find out something about the bad guy that helps them get a, a leg. 
nothing. You could cut 38 minutes out of this, and what you'll be left with is exactly an hour-long episode of a TV show. Mm-hmm. Well, and later in the movie, uh, Lou Diamond Phillips is going to say that he took them on that journey to look at the path. And when he looked at the path, he saw blood. What we saw from this scene was him like standing on top of a rock doing Tai Chi or something like that. <laughs> and absolutely nothing about this path of blood of which he refers to. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's it would have been great if he just got all of them very high and then just took everything. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh so then eventually they're sober and they're praying around a dinner table while a mysterious cowboy is riding in. Uh Billy and Sheen end on up drawing guns on each rides. other. <laughs> Billy and Sheen draw guns on each other because the prayer is going on too long before dinner. And we find out that the dude riding in is Buckshot Roberts. Uh and they have a word for him. He's one of the eleven, but they're also all a little worried because, and I quote, he's killed more people than smallpox. So they walk outside to meet old Buckshot. I got a warrant for you, old man. I ain't got no business with that war no more. Peckerhead son of a bitch. On my own. Come here to get that $150 Sheriff Brady's putting down for the kid. The rest of you little shits is only worth 110 but I'll take it. What a sweet disposition. Let's dance. Just based on this scene, I'd much rather watch a buckshot movie than I was, this movie. I was just going to say, this is far and away my favorite scene of this entire film. Because I love how, like, just bitter and tired the actor is like, I don't have time for your bullshit. Kill me or I'll kill you. Let's just get it over with. <laughs> and he's going to go one versus four. Five at this point as he takes on the young guns and he's going to start out strong. He's going to force them to duck into cover and he's going to go into an outhouse for cover. Mm-hmm. Sheen is going to triple dog dare Billy to go in and get him. Billy nearly dies, but doesn't ducks back behind cover. The gunfire is going to die down. So Sheen's going to decide it's a good time to go in for a closer look. Does not see the gigantic gun poking out through the wood hole in the outhouse. Like the glory hole someone carved into it. He's going to walk right at it and get shot through the heart. And then after he does that, they're going to light up the outhouse like they should have done to begin with. Yep. 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 Also, this you, like you feel, it feels like this is like the movie justifying Billy's like murderous rampage, where it's like, yeah, yeah, she just fucking shot everyone. Like Billy the kid wanted to in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's absolutely insane. The one thing I will say for this movie in this regard, I at least like the young gun characters. At least they all get shot. Like throughout this movie, they do get shot a few times yeah. each. So it's like, I like that because it's like, all right, at least like, because even in this, I think in this one, Chavez gets hit and then um, Kiefer Sutherland like gets hit pretty good. In so you're like, hand, oh, okay, yeah. good. Yeah, like yeah, right yeah, yeah. And like he addresses it later where he's like, oh, I have to like go get more dressing for this wound. <laughs> and his hand's just like gushing <laughs> blood. It's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna leave Sheen's body behind and flee even though i think they killed buckshot 
but they're it's, worried like more people are going to show up or yeah, something. They're like, they're so like, they're, they're like, gonna we got to go any quick. second now. And it's like, who? Who? You're like this in the middle didn't... of the fucking desert. He didn't give off like big posse vibes, this particular gentleman. <laughs> he specifically he seemed... said he wasn't part of the posse anymore. Yeah, he's That's just, why he's, he's like, like, I got nothing to do with the war and I haven't done shit. I'm just yeah, going to kill Billy yeah. and go get my money. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Suspect. Doc Kiefer's sad. Uh, and then they're going to regroup. And then, uh, as I believe Quentin just mentioned, uh, Doc Kiefer's going to ride off alone for fresh bandages and to send a letter because he wants to write to Charlie Sheen's mom back in Vermont. Uh, and while he's gone, the rest are sort of going to discuss a plan. Um, and this, okay, so this is another point where the time thing really gets to me because what's going to happen is Lou Diamond Phillips is going to be like, look, I saw the path of blood. We need to go west. We need to go to California because otherwise, and Amelia's like, with all these bastards need to die. And he's like, no, we're going to be the bastards who are going to die. We need to go west. And so Emilio, who has now been with this crew for 12 hours, is going to say to him, oh, it's like you don't even care about dad. It's like it, it means nothing to you. To which Lou Diamond Phillips has a pretty good response. <laughs> Murphy and his politicians have taken more blood from me than they ever will from you. Oh, yeah? How do you figure? The Red Sand Creek Reservation. What you talking about? I don't know. 207 people butchered in the snow with their stomachs empty. My mother's people. You see, Murphy and company was under government contract to supply us with beef. And two winters ago, he sent only rotten meat. No corn, no flour, only rancid beef crawling with worms. So I went out with a band in the night to a trader's camp to try and get food. Oh yeah, they welcomed us in. And then they opened fire on us. I got away, only me. But when I got back to the Red Sands, I found out that the army had already heard about our big Indian uprising, and they paid us back. My mother was cut by a saber from her privates to her neck. My sisters were just babies, and they had their heads bashed in with boot heels so that the army could save bullets. Everybody on my reservation was butchered, and it means nothing to me. And his monologue actually goes on from there, but uh, I mic drop, I would say. Go fuck yourself, Billy the Kid, I would say. Yeah, Un also very severe shift in tone <laughs> for this movie yes, that three yes. minutes ago had a, had a man firing at imaginary rabbits in a cave. Mm -hmm. Yeah, also like fucked up that like this guy wasn't actually Native American. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they just like made up this like fucked up awful story because they're just like I mean like I actually don't know if that's like completely made up because shit like that happened all of the time. Oh no I'm sure that happened it's just the that, historical figure instance, right. was not <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean imagine the impact of something like that if you had you know an actor that was actually of the correct lineage yeah. and and you know what i mean yeah yeah even if he wasn't play, he's playing a character where they kind of like massaged it so he wasn't really playing he's like a composite of several characters but no yes yeah uh so yeah he he tries to get uh charlie to go with him um but billy says that they're all his tribe now and i will call out there's this 
thing about them being pals that I didn't fully understand. And the only reason I'm mentioning it is because it's going to come up in the epilogue and that's it. But it's like a big thing to the epilogue. But like, but like in real life, one of the people who are supposed to be the pals isn't even in this movie. So Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. (laughs) Yeah. It really doesn't matter. (laughs) And in the other one who was like the primary figure is Pat Garrett, who is not like, he's got a walk on part. He does. He is. He's uh, Pat Garrett, who's handsome. played by Patrick Wayne, who is John mm-hmm. Wayne's son. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Hmm, I didn't know that. I thought it was Henry Cavill. I thought it looked just like Henry Cavill. <laughs> yeah, so I was so like, who is yeah. this? Yeah. I'm John also just son. picturing Pat Garrett walking on and it being like a TV show <laughs> where everyone's like, what? Oh. <laughs> also, do, do you guys know who plays Pat Garrett in the sequel? No. no, it's not this actor. Oh. Who is it? William Peterson of CSI fame. And he has what? a mullet and it takes a minute to get used to. What? Does he have the beard? The CSI beard? He does. Beard? Actually, he, he, I mean, he, he's pretty good. But it's, it's coming from like this character. This, this character feels like between like the way they dress him, the actor, the, like the whole, like, even like the man of few words thing that they do. It's, it's a distinct tonal shift. One of many. That will come. But knowing that he's John Wayne's son, I don't know if that it makes me feel something, but I can't identify what. It's very strange. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's like what this movie makes you feel. Confused. (laughs) Strange. Uh, So in in town, uh, Doc Kiefer rides in following proper COVID precautions. He's got his mask up. But then he sees Jack Palance's boys partying and pulls it down. So what does he do? He sneaks into the room of the girl he's stalking, greets her by jumping on her and covering up her mouth. Way to go, Kiefer. Mm, uh, so I just I, yelled she this says, whole time. Yeah, I, I like, stop it. Stop I, it. <laughs> just, just real quick. For anybody out there considering this course of action, thinking like, this is going to win her heart. Think about the times you've heard, like, in the moment I knew I loved him was when he straddled me in the night without me knowing he was there, clamping his hand on my mouth and began to whisper, scream at me about how I had to go with him. Yep. <laughs> I, I texted Matt and Bridget at this point, and I, I was like, I had to pause the movie because this just made me so uncomfortable. Like, f- but physically, I, just as like, ah, it's like, ah. I'm here to tell you I love you and you're gonna have a better life when you come with me. Fucking listen it's to like, me. I don't, I don't, I, I am not a female. I can only say how I, Jared, the male, would respond to that. Wouldn't be good. No. I would not respond well to that particular situation. She, she gave me oh, no indication that she consented to anything having to do with him. Like no. she, at no point, the only time she's like, oh, well, okay, later on, it's bullshit, and she shows up, and it's stupid. But in in this situation, she says things almost to placate him, so he'll leave her the fuck alone. Yeah. That's kind I, of the vibe I got. And she keeps his flowers I, I, close to her heart. I, I gotcha. So after <laughs> she gets over... Uh, that he is not there to lay with her, then cut her up, and then eat her... This is what happens. Do you want to stay here? 
China, girls mm. are not necessary. When we have floods, fathers let the girl babies wash by. My benefactor has made me necessary. He's not made you necessary. He's made you a slave. I'm sorry. Necessary is something you can't do without. I can't do without you. I keep the flowers that you offered me in a little room inside my head, inside my heart. Often you come in and you ask me to dance. Often I say yes. I want to ask something else of you now. I want you to go with me to Roswell. I don't know what you guys are talking about, how you think this isn't yeah. a romance. No, look, she keeps okay. a light on, a little light on for the birdhouse in her soul for him. <laughs> he wants to go look for aliens nice. with her in Roswell. <laughs> I was just going to yeah. say. They keep telling yeah. me it's a weather balloon, but I don't believe them. <laughs> it, it, it plays out. Everything she is saying is like. And it, it, it's oh so I am so sorry. And and I mean, honestly, before I'm about to say this, like trigger warning for anybody about assault or anything like that. But it's like she's playing along with the person who's going to attack her. To try to yeah. placate him so yeah. nothing worse yeah. happens. Yeah. That was the vibe yeah. I got. Or I compared yeah. it to Quentin. I was like, I was like, <laughs> it's like when a guy's like, oh, let me give you my number. And you're like, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, 857? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> 5309? I've never, I, that sounds so familiar, <laughs> but I don't. Like, yeah. So, it, what's the worst is the guy's. Wait, wait. The guys that make you repeat the whole thing back to them afterwards. Uh, it's worse now. I imagine had that it's, happened before. It's worse now because, uh. like, you can just be like, "Well, call me, and then I'll have your number," mm-hmm. instead of like. So, so sorry. So real quick, uh-huh. because exactly. we're not done with this interaction. So we're real quick going to cut exactly. back. The why the four other young guns are apparently reading Doc Kiefer's poetry. And it's just a knockoff of the Raven with worse words put in there. And then they wonder if Doc is going to ditch them. Then we go back where Doc is trying to force the lady into a plan with him. He tries to touch her and she says something about how she's unclean or something. So he just won't touch her. Uh, And then someone's coming up the steps and he's refusing to leave her room. And she's like basically saying, we're both going to be dead if you do not get out of this room right now. And Jack Palance is going to barge in just in time for Kiefer to not be in there, but for her to be looking at the window. I'm sorry. I think I said the wrong name. Palance barges in just in time for her to be looking at the window very clearly that Kiefer has just left out of it. Palance. Well, also, no, like he may can, not know it's Kiefer, but he knows what's up. You can hear the horse riding away like a car driving away. Like you're like, <laughs> it's, it's essentially, yeah, it's essentially the Simpsons joke where you're like, yes, yes, yes. Like, I don't have to say it, but like, goddamn, this whole scene is just like gross, very xenophobic, and like, like very like fucked up, considering like how how much like anti-chinese racism existed in the west like mm-hmm. in the old west and oh yeah no just the old west definitely not now yeah no no nothing 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 like that i hate everything 
we, so much. Everybody well, loves everyone. But no, I mean, you're, you're totally right, yeah. though. They're, I don't see color. <laughs> but also, Jesus. <laughs> but also, another scene that if you remove it in its entirety, changes nothing. Yep. <laughs> yeah. This, yep. I mean, you can't tell me what happens at the end of the movie with her character that this helped that happen. No, I was going to say, pull if this you remove out, it, and I believe that more. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, maybe where she, she was like, that guy like... I danced with, he was really nice to me. I'm going to go to this house and right. find him. And I'm watching this other guy who, who he told me, like, that guy's the crazy guy. And I'm watching him burn a house with a woman inside it who's not involved in this at all. And like, this seems fucked up. Like that makes sense. If this scene doesn't happen. Absolutely. Right. The man who snuck into my room at night and pressed himself upon me while saying insane things to me in the darkness Mm -hmm. and then fled through the same window. That's not the same gentleman that I saw over Mm -hmm. there and was dancing with. She was just, she was like, he has the world's loudest horse, which is very impressive and cool. (laughs) So maybe I should. (laughs) Mustang. <laughs> Do it. Uh, also, I really you can't underestimate the 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 whisper scream that he was doing. That like angry old man. Just that it's the most threatening way to talk. Mm-hmm. It is, yeah. When you're like, I just want to tell you a secret. <laughs> it's like I nothing good ever comes from that. Where Keeper went wrong is he didn't remember that when you break into a girl's bed while she's sleeping, you're supposed to leave her a Christmas tree. <laughs> that's the problem well if you know if christian slater was in this and not young I know, guns too, right. he would have learned young guns two leaving christmas trees <laughs> <laughs> and and that's how christmas came to the yeah. west and that's how doc holiday <laughs> got his name yeah <laughs> oh, it's an origin story for doc holiday <laughs> Uh, next morning, he's going to ride back to camp while someone's peeing, because why not? Uh, and then Billy's going to get super horny for the idea of murdering Sheriff Brady, who, if it was not clear to this point, it's going to be made very clear shortly that John Locke told them Sheriff Brady is off limits. You do nothing to that man. So Brady Billy also kid doesn't is gonna... seem like a terrible dude. Like, well, he's, he's early... in on... He's in on the beef ring. He's he's part of what kept dad down. Oh, he's in. Okay. All right. All right. Like Jack Palance straight up tells him in that earlier scene, like you see that sheriff over there? He's in my pocket, friend. He likes oh, my right. beef. Right. <laughs> <laughs> also, I didn't hear it in the movie, but every time you say Sheriff Brady, I hear Sheriff Brody. And it's just Jaws <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> Your mind just goes immediately to the better film. Yep. <laughs> like this this needs more water and a salty old shark <laughs> fisherman. Uh, so I'm going to pull my second Newsies reference uh, for the day because in town, Billy is pulling some dumbass cocky shit that uh, that um, Christian Bale did in Newsies where 
He's walking up behind Sheriff Brady, like right before he's going to murder him. Like, look at me. I'm a silly goose. Uh, but then they do successfully murder him and his crew, which involves him just like pulling out Sheriff Brady's gun, shooting him. Lou Diamond Phillips is going to run in or ride in on a horse. And it's the one time he's actually going to use his knife throwing skills in the movie. Uh, Doc Kiefer is going to do a little bit of sniping. And they're all like, yay, we successfully murdered. Um, and then we cut to a Billy getting a photo of himself and arguing with John Locke because John Locke is like, I told you to leave that man alone. Not only are you no longer deputies, but now basically everyone in the United States of America <laughs> is hunting you down. Yeah. And and because of this, like, I can't practice law, you dumb fucks. Yeah. Oh, they totally screwed over any of his plans because he was totally I, I forget if we mentioned it or not, like his plans were also like keeping dad's store intact yeah. and still trying to work out dad's beef deal. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't want to get too far ahead, but I forgot about the ultimate fate of that particular character. That's <laughs> oh, like, it's a good in. Well, so, so if anyone if anyone's played uh, Red Dead Redemption, mm -hmm. uh, I was like, oh, right. Rockstar doesn't have a fucking like original bone in any of their fucking stories. Like literally yeah. every beat is ripped from something. One of the Hauser brothers has seen before. Mm -hmm. Even the, the whole Murphy brood. Yes. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. But literal like shot for shot with the fucking chain. We'll get there. I'm yeah. so mad. Also. Uh, yeah. Well, I'll wait till we get there. Sorry. <laughs> All right. So for the time being, Billy is trying to play it. Like he's trying to get the president of the United States of America's attention. Yeah. This is something that they never really solidified as an idea. Like they refer yeah. to it from here on out i was but like i was what hoping the president point, has to do like, with any of this stuff when they were like we'll get we'll get president hayes out here i was hoping some guy was just going to be like oh, i'm rutherford b hayes and i'm here to just <laughs> talk oh, like, to billy oh my god kid. like newsies they would have gotten to, like, like newsies <laughs> king in new york uh, so <laughs> John Locke still has enough power that he's like, look, I'm going to legally try to get in touch with the president. Y'all just fuck off. Uh, and, and I mean, he he basically really says that because they're they like offer to um mm -hmm. to like basically be bodyguards for him for a little bit. And he's like, that is the worst thing you could do for me right now. You need to leave so me they the all alone. They all get angry and take off their deputy badges and throw them on the ground in front of him like it's his fault that they're crazy yeah. murderers and got de-deputized. Right. Uh, except. It, 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 I, it's just it. We will protect you. You will guarantee my demise. <laughs> <laughs> and what do they I mean, do? Doc Keith, right. Yeah. Doc Kiefer is the only one who walks up and is politely talking to him. But that is because he's trying to have John Locke help him legally rescue Yen. And John Locke's like, you screwed up any chances of that, friend. That is not going to happen even a little bit anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, so now Charlie is uh, spooked and wants out. Uh, Billy is joking about, ah, we're, we're going to get hung anyway. And Doc Kiefer's like, hey, how about, you know, reassuring him as opposed to like making it worse for him? And Billy's like, look, I'm being real here. 
Like if we get caught, we're going to get hung. There's no backing out of this what, at this point. So what I, 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 what I love is he's like, we're going to get hung. He's like, we have killed. I have killed a lot of people and you were <laughs> all with me. So we are all going to hang. But they do agree to try and boost Charlie's ego. So they bring him to a brothel where he meets a prostitute who doesn't remember him and he just wants to hold her. So he squeezes her like a small child, which was really kind of sad to watch. You know I thought why? This was... Because it was cut out. But is it, that is was it his, his mom? mom. Is that his okay, mom? yeah. I was going to oh, say, God. I was like, I was just about to say, I was like, the entire thing played out like I was like, I was fully expecting him to be like, Mom. Yeah. And then it didn't happen. And I was like, oh, I misread that. But yeah, the, I didn't. the actor, oh, like, like years didn't. later, was like, yeah, they cut out the context of that scene, but that's his mom. Because I, she, she, sorry, guys. No, just didn't, didn't even occur to me. I thought it was yeah. just like a thing. Yeah. Cause he does was, just, like, just like, head I did too. In the middle I did too boobs. until I was looking stuff up. But I, I was just like, this is a weird scene. <laughs> yeah. Cause she, she specifically says to him, uh, and it's it's again not given the proper context but what she says to him when she first sees him is like so you remember me well sorry i don't remember you because i take a lot of boys virginity so if you were up in this thing my bad knowing that it's his mom saying that to him just yeah, makes this he was like he way was, worse i was up in that thing 20 long years ago <laughs> <laughs> yikes um so meanwhile, well, wait, the rest of the go. crew, <laughs> the rest of the crew is hanging out at the bar where a gunslinger is talking some mad game about Billy the Kid, and of course Emilio is not going to let that go. A question, and I I scoured IMDb; it's not there. If he's uncredited, I can't tell. Was that Sam Neil? No. I I was trying to figure out. Like I I thought Sam Neil, and then I thought like someone else because he just like no, I looked him up familiar. and he wasn't anybody. Yeah, okay. he's like. Okay. I didn't recognize literally anything else he had been in. Yeah. But I had the same thought, Jared. And then I was like, maybe okay. not. Yeah, I thought I recognized him too, but no, he does no. He doesn't exist in any of our headspaces, guys. So just forget about him. <laughs> He's like one of those AI constructs where they just yes. like pull features and make a yes. person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. He's the default creator character. <laughs> well, he he exists in your headspace now because Billy's gonna walk up to him and ask him if he can touch his gun. Uh, and then when the guy finally relents and gives over his gun, he's fiddling with it and slyly removes the bullets from it. And then he's like, hey, can you tell me about this Billy the Kid fella? All right. Now you best be on your way before you get hurt. Um, I'm leaving right now and uh, want to know what to look for in case I run into him. I'll come back and tell you. How's a good looking kid? Way with the women. <laughs> Dresses like a dandy and he's a left hander. And people say he's fond of whistling sad ballads. <laughs> Now, uh, you get out there in the street and you see somebody that fits that bill, well, you just come whispering to me. <laughs> okay. So Billy, becoming increasingly unhinged, first points at a mirror and laughs, and the gunslinger is very much losing his amusement with the situation and threatens to, quote, spank his bottom blue. I, I want to I amend my statement that this guy's the, the default creator character and say... He's just generic NPC who gives you useless information. 
He's he's Fair. the one where if the game's not very good at setting the missions up, you try to talk to him for far too long before yeah. you realize he's not a, like a quest giver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just after the fourth time of the same dialogue where he's just like he's yeah. found a whistling sad ballad. You're just like like what am I supposed to do fucking next? <laughs> oh, I have to remove the bullets from the gun. How the fuck was I supposed to know that? <laughs> So to, to, as his last move, Billy's going to start whistling in the way that the dude talked about how Billy the kid whistles. He gives him a minute uh, to pull out the gun, try and shoot him in the face, realize there's no bullets in his gun, and then kind of smirk in his face right before he murders murders him. Uh, okay. And at, at this point, Doc Kiefer looks genuinely freaked out to be hanging out with Billy the kid. Yeah. Not saying what Billy did was right. After the first click with no bullet shooting Billy in the face, the gunslinger should have, he should have had better cognitive awareness of the situation if he was a gunslinger. Because one empty chamber, when you've loaded your gun full yep. of bullets, can't yep. happen. And also you handed your gun to someone and, else who you just learned mm -hmm. is Billy the fucking kid. Mm -hmm. Like, you should yes. hear a click, he took my bullets, and then you fucking pistol whip him. Mm -hmm. And and Billy actually, like, I mean, I'm not your biggest gun expert, shockingly, but Billy also taunts him a little bit and holds the gun in a way that, like, it seems like a competent gunslinger also should have noticed from that that there were no bullets in the gun at that point. But the dude was, I mean, the dude is also trying to get laid at this point in time. Like, mm -hmm. he really wants nothing to do with Billy because he's really focused on this lady over here. So I can see yeah. how that one slipped by him a little and more. He's also not Sam Neill, so. Right. Right. Yeah, <laughs> Sam Neill would have fucking murked him. Mm -hmm. uh, but they've got no time to fret about all this stuff that's going on here because big name we're supposed to know about John Kenny is rolling in uh, and a high speed horse chase is going to ensue, but not really because then they're going to lose them in like 30 seconds behind three bushes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so they're going to go. <laughs> All of the blocking is really like a high school play where they just have like a, a cardboard cut out of a bush that people hide behind <laughs> and they're where they yep. go. So they're going to go lick their wounds for a little bit. And while Billy is reading stories about himself, because that's the type of dude he is, uh, Doc Kiefer uh, says, he's like, hey, Billy, we've been kind of going in this circle for a while. It sort of seems like we're heading back to Lincoln, you know that place we said we can't go back to because every single person there wants to murder us. And Billy's like, yeah, it's going to be a hundred, a hundred against five. It's going to be great. This is going to be the best because we need to murder Jack Palance. Uh, and Lou Diamond Phillips once again is like, yo, it's time to go West. We need to stop playing this game. And at this point, Charlie is ready to go with him. So it sort of seems like the crew is going to break up, but Gilly, uh, Billy gives this uh, speech that they have to test themselves every day or else they're going to die slowly. And uh -huh. I'm just noticing here that uh, I missed getting a sound clip um, or I'm sorry, they're going to get slow and die, not die slowly because they're going to run into another gunfight. They're not going to draw in time. And Doc Kiefer's like, no, look, you know what? This is it. We're going to Mexico. We're not going to Lincoln. We're not doing this stuff anymore. And then Billy, the kid's like, you know what? That's actually the best way to test ourselves because they're going to be watching that border from every angle. So we're going to have to murder like 200 people to be able to get into Mexico. And suddenly everyone's like, okay, fine. We'll go to Lincoln. <laughs> um, 
What was the clip? Not that they're. Uh, it was the clip of Doc Kiefer trying to be like, no, we're going to Mexico. And then oh. it was what I just described. You did a but I forgot job. to get the sound clip for it. Yeah. Why, thank you. You're yeah. welcome. Uh, so they ride into some sort of village. Everyone seems to cheer up. Billy sits in the bath and dictates his letter to Doc Kiefer to cards. the governor. Uh, he's, he, the first part of the letter is him saying, uh, Hey, just come down here. I'm going to surrender. I'm going to be unarmed. Uh, and then he decides, by the way, put in a PS to tell him to kiss my ass. And none of that's true. Lou diamond Phillips looks at pig pen and tells him, do you know how many nights I put a knife to your throat while you were sleeping, but I didn't kill you. And you know what? I guess I'm glad I didn't kill you. <laughs> what? Everybody that, has anger issues in this movie. That's friendship, Matt. And if you told me you and Quentin did yeah. that, I would believe yeah. Platonic love. Yeah, it's sad. Platonic <laughs> love. So uh, while all this other stuff's going on, Charlie puts his coat around a girl and they look lovingly at each other. And then, as we already mentioned, in blown away fashion, it's wedding time. Uh, Immediately married. Wait, Are they supposed to have been there for some period of time? So world's world's fastest, fastest marriage or world's longest bath. Which one do you think? <laughs> mm. I was question. surprised because I missed the part of him putting the coat on the girl. So I was expecting <laughs> it to be the prostitute. That he was married. <laughs> I was like, that's not the prostitute. Who's this girl? Uh, I had to like, I did. I had to jump back because they're like wedding happening, and I was like, did I miss something? And then I was like, no, no, I didn't. <laughs> didn't miss anything. Just, it, it's it's very literally jacket around her shoulders. Yeah. He rushes into a scene and says, "I'm getting married," yeah. and then wedding, and then well, it, uh, it, uh, and then Amelia was. Oh yeah, and maybe oh, yes. dangle. Maybe yeah. yep. Mm -hmm. dangle dangle <laughs> so <laughs> while the wedding's going on foreskin. this is where Garrett's gonna <laughs> we got some Billy the Kid foreskin that won't get you excommunicated church doesn't care about that this is where Garrett's gonna show up to talk with Billy Billy at first tries to threaten him because uh, mm. Garrett says something about how he is uh, going to be running for sheriff or whatnot. And so Billy tries to threaten him and Garrett's like, I'm not the law yet, man. Just cool down. I just want you to know that John Locke's going to be murdered. And I know he's a friend of yours. So maybe you want to go in and save him. And this is where Billy's going to turn his back on Garrett, leave him with an open target. And I will call out that Garrett does pull his jacket back and put his hand on his gun and really seems to uh, think about shooting him in the back for a minute, but doesn't. Foreshadowing. Uh, and <laughs> Billy is gonna fire his the gun into the air and, from the Catholic Church. Yeah. Billy's gonna fire his gun into the air. He's just gonna call out for the regulators. Regulators, mount up, mount up. <laughs> no, that scene in a competent movie could have been very good. Mm -hmm. Like with Billy the Kid turning his back on someone that could gun him down right there. Pat Garrett reaching for the gun. Not, you don't know if he's considering shooting him or if he's just ready because he doesn't know if Billy the Kid's going to turn around and blow him away because yep. Billy the Kid is a proven psychopath. And the idea that you know how 
Garrett kills Billy the Kid. Right. Yeah. Like right. you would have Super like cool. idea you, that you might have that knowledge. The movie yeah. assumes you have that knowledge at least. Yes. But none of it lands. No. Like it all lands with the emotional weight of of a piano being dropped by right. a cartoon character. Yeah. It means nothing. I, I think they do a better job of explaining their relationship <laughs> in the second one. So what you're saying is Garrett is essentially uh, painting uh, like a tunnel onto a rock yep. for Billy the Kid to run into. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, to the rest of the crew's credit, they tell Charlie, dude, you literally yeah. just got married tonight. Stay with your bride. She's crying on your shoulder right now. Uh, but Charlie gives <laughs> some sort of line that references back earlier. No, that's probably true, too. Uh, See, so yeah, it makes some sort of reference and they mount up and uh, then they rush over to John Locks, who's super happy to see them. Alex, let's go. Words out. They're going to come kill you. Damn it, Billy. I told you not to come here. I'm not leaving my house. Alex, if you stay, they're going to kill you. And then I'm going to have to go around and kill all the guys that killed you. Now, that's a lot of killing. You heard me, Billy. Alex, maybe... You heard me. Well, we can't just stay here and hope that the good Lord saves us from an all-out... Susan, I'm sick. I can't go to old Mexico. Whoa. Right out in the middle of the street! Don't fret, Alex. Trip's postponed. They're coming around the front. Shit. Time for the big last stand of the movie because it was a trap. Um, I do love that the that so they line up like I don't know like fifty guys outside, and they do yell inside asking if Billy is there, and then Billy yells out that he is there, and that's when they decide to light the place up. So they do like have some patience mm-hmm. and and try to make sure that you know at least one of the people they want is actually in there. I like that all it would have uh, taken is for Billy to go, oh, no, no Billy here. <laughs> they would be like, oh shit, wrong house. Fuck. I love this scene because the exchanges where he's yelling outside versus the exchanges where he's talking inside, everything is exactly the same volume. If you <laughs> believe that they can hear him when he's yelling outside, then they can hear every single word everybody in that house is yeah, saying yeah. because it's all the same volume. Also, I believe this scene is where um, Tom Cruise is in as like an extra who gets killed. I guess he really? came onto set and was like, hey, this is cool. Can I can you put me in the movie? And they're like, yeah, we're doing they were doing a shootout today. So they just put him in. He was killed, but they put him in mm-hmm. the movie. But huh. Yeah. What was he? Was he Jolly Crawford? Because Billy is going to yell out that he sees that they got Jolly Crawford out there with them. And then lightning assassinates Jolly Crawford like it's an anime or something <laughs> like that. Yes. I I remember that scene specifically from when I was younger. Like, you got Charlie Crawford with you? Yeah. Bam. <laughs> you don't have Charlie Crawford anymore. And I remember as a kid being like, Whoa. I, I chuckled actually at that. Because yeah, I'm Bridget <laughs> I, Jared, I really thought his name was Jolly, not Charlie. <laughs> no, I'm I'm continuing with Jolly Crawford. Jolly Crawford, it's and that's Jolly what I'm gonna Crawford. That's what I'm gonna call John from I now on. I wondered why you wanted John to be called that. I mean, I was cool with it, but just thought it was because he's a nice man. He's Jolly. <laughs> uh, 
So they light up the house again. Uh, Billy begins ordering the crew around to different positions, but most of the positions just end with them upstairs and asleep. And no one's coming out the house. They're not shooting out of the house. It was like one of those, Everyone like, just you know, has during, what was it, World War II during Christmas? They were like, we're not going to fight. Oh, yeah, go out and play soccer. And they just all hung They're, out. And, yeah. <laughs> except in the American Revolution, an- where that's where George Washington went over and killed a bunch of British people. Because- yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you, guys, you guys can't see this I'm at home, sneaking. but Bridget's like <laughs> marionette <laughs> puppeting. <laughs> that's George Washington going over to Crossing murder British people. For Christmas. <laughs> um, this is another scene where the the visuals, if you really pay attention to it, make no sense. There is, if you see the outside of the house, there is one window on the front of the outside of the house. <laughs> and on the inside, there are conservatively seven. Yeah. Also, the outside of the house looks like Adobe, but it seems like the inside of the house is a regular old like wooden, wooden house, house, I yeah. think. I- Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so the actual cavalry is going to roll in, but they're not there to like defuse the situation at all. Cause that's, we know in the United States, that's not what the cavalry does. <laughs> Billy is horny for the potential body count. Uh, but everyone else inside the house realizes that they're on a fool's errand right now. Uh, Palance is going to ride in with Yen on his horse because why not? He's unhappy that the army's there because it's drawing too much attention to him being, as Quentin said, a mustache twirling villain. Uh, and Yen is going to run into the house. Uh, <laughs> For no two reason. Cal- two cavalry guys go to, to grab her and Kiefer's going to shoot at their feet to keep her away so that she can get inside the house so that he can like eventually half-heartedly tell her time, no no go outside the, the also, whole time palance is yelling china yes china! yeah so jack palance very sad that yen has gone inside the house orders it burned to the ground in what is going to be the slowest house fire in human history because it's a weird adobe wooden house that <laughs> right? we've never seen before yeah. uh also, it, it so, doesn't conform to, like, physics in mm-hmm. any way that we understand it. The, the, where they're throwing the, the, I don't know if they're torches or Molotovs, it's hard to tell. It was torches. Is it? Okay. Where, where they're throwing the big fire sticks should be burning the, like, the floor that the, their characters are all standing on, except it seems like the fire is several stories beneath their feet. And like, not even as potent as like a single Zippo lighter at one point. Yeah. Also, like earlier in the film, we see Billy the Kid blow the shit out of a wooden uh, bucket, just like mm-hmm. it explodes in bullets. This house is getting like fucking riddled, riddled with bullets, riddled, and like it's just like, well, as long as we don't go near the window, we're fine. But they're like their backs up are against the outside of the wall that is just getting shot up. Mm-hmm. It's no sense. Yep. No sense. So Charlie is once again getting spooked and freaked out and cries and wants to go home. The colonel politely asks them to come out and Billy is getting increasingly crazed as this goes on. And then Charlie's going to take this really weird turn. Hey, Kenny, you bastard! I'm going to shoot you! 
shit, dog! Yeah, Charlie. Maniac! Yeah! I edited it, edited, blech, God, I've been talking too much. I edited this, this down. It goes on for at least 30 more seconds of that, <laughs> except increasingly more Emilio going, yeah, Charlie. Oh yeah. And he's like rubbing his nipples and everything. It gets really awkward. Uh, it re do you remember that Nutrigrain commercial from a few years ago? That was like an internet video where it was just a guy who was like, yeah, I feel great. Like going around the office, like that was just Emilio in this very, very uncomfortable. They don't, I mean, they don't set this up in any way. I mean, I forgot about Charlie's, I'm generously going to call it character arc, but I forgot about all of it. But the second thing, it's like, I'm going to leave my wife because I have pals even though i've just married this woman who i met 15 minutes ago and am now committed to her for the rest of my life you're like okay well he's dead I, yeah i you know i also feel oh, yeah, like, for sure like i they, i wonder if the wedding was like backwards engineering that where they're like well i don't really give a shit that charlie dies it's like well, give him a wife mm -hmm. i don't know and also it's like he, I mean, I, Charlie died for nothing. Right. There is absolutely no reason for Charlie to do that. He could have simply not kicked out a door and gone down an outside set of stairs. <laughs> Where was so, he? So let's let's get there. So John Locke gets his wife out, but of course, because she's woman folk, she doesn't want to leave without her things. But they kick her out of the house anyway. Uh, it's her royal highness's matched luggage. Doc Kiefer half-heartedly tries to get Yen to follow, but she refuses. So he's like, okay, fine. We can die together. Um, meanwhile, the fire is continuing to burn the whole time. They realize Lou Diamond Phillips isn't there. So they start getting super racist because they think he ran away. They take out their anger by throwing books out the window, which, okay, I guess that's going to slow the fire or something. I didn't know if it was that or if that was them trying to save the thing she wanted saved somehow. Right? Right? But it's going to turn out that it was all a ruse anyway because one of the things they throw out the window is a trunk that Billy the Kid is going to pop out of and start firing in really bad slow motion. Mm -hmm. The rest of them are going to come out of a side door and open fire in really bad slow motion. Lou Diamond Phillips is going to ride up with horses so they can get away in really bad slow motion. Uh, Billy, uh, Billy takes a bullet that's dangerously close to his heart. And immediately after that, that's when Charlie gets shot up. So yeah, he came out the side door gets kind of unnecessarily murdered. I mean, I guess if they stayed in the house, they were going to burn to death anyway, or smoke inhalation. Uh, basically, everyone gets shot in this scene, but Charlie is going to get riddled with bullets. Lou Diamond Phillips is only going to take like one or two. Uh, Doc Kiefer <laughs> is going to be able like, to take off with his back lady. For the sequel? <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, which is weird when we get to the end of this yeah, movie, huh? but uh, uh, so... Uh, Pigpen is going to take a bunch of bullets, bullets and die in the mud, just like he always wanted to. 
they leave John Locke there. And it, this is the point, the first point in the movie, the Calvary pulls out a Gatling gun mm-hmm. and in super bad slow motion, just tears John Locke apart bullet by bullet while everyone else rides off into the sunset. Well, almost Jared. Yes. Shooting him and only him, an unarmed man waving a white piece of cloth. Also, the Gatling gunner was Randy Travis because he thought it would be fun. He's uncredited and you can't see his face. But his country music star, Randy Travis. Also, you did in the house fire area. You did skip over one of my favorite lines in the entire movie, Matt, which is when basically it's like, can you shoot a gun? And they try to give John Locke a gun. He's like, Active participation oh, yeah. in a gunfight will negate my life insurance <laughs> policy, which I genuinely love. Yeah, that was really good. <laughs> so you think everyone's going to ride off into the sunset, but then Billy's not done. He's going to turn around on his horse and from like 250 yards away, he's going to shoot Jack Palance right between the eyes. He's going to have a very theatrical death of his own. And then we get the epilogue. Advices from Lincoln report that Jose Chavez E. Chavez moved to California, where he changed his name and took work on a fruit ranch. Josiah Doc Skurlock was reported to have left the West for the East, taking with him a celestial bride, her mother, and 14 brothers and sisters. Susan McSween went on to see both her husband and John Tunstall's dreams to fruition by becoming one of the most prominent cattlewomen of all time. Governor Axtell was forced to resign by President Rutherford B. Hayes. Both the Murphy-Dolan faction and the Santa Fe ring collapsed. William H. Bonney, also known as Billy the Kid, continued to ride, never leaving New Mexico. He was caught in Fort Sumner by the Sheriff Pat Garrett and killed. Sources report that he was unarmed and shot in the dark. He was buried with Charlie Bowdry at Old Fort Sumner. Advices report that sometime later, an unidentified person snuck into the graveyard and chiseled an inscription. The epitaph read only one word. Pals. So it's so much just happened. It's so it's it's really weird that Doc Kiefer talks about himself in the third person like <laughs> yeah, that. But I my was one, ask, I was like, wait, is Kiefer reading this? Because also he's like, not is he reading it as like is he reading the last page of the script and they just stuck a micro like he's just like what is this shit <laughs> like we ran out of budget we spent too much on cocaine and peyote so <laughs> just read the last my my one final note for this film is i watched it on uh, imdb tv uh-huh. through amazon Same. and mm-hmm. as the credits played it recommended I start watching the Boondock Saints. And I was like, yeah, that checks out. Uh, I I bet like if if you did like a time lapse of a dorm room, it's like Scarface <laughs> poster. And then it just like slowly morphs mm-hmm. into Young Guns poster. And then slowly it just morphs into Pulp Fiction. And then slowly morphs into Boondock Saints. Yep. Uh, so I... I... Doc Sutherland's lady acquaintance yeah. is completely fictional. Fictional. Yep. So 
so are her parents and 14 siblings. They decided to make that up. Unless... Just because. So, like, I... Let's look this up real quick, because, like, maybe they were like, well, here's what really happened. It's just, like, the end of Clue. It's so... And that whole, like, pals thing, it's supposed to carry an emotional punch, (laughs) but it means nothing. It's been set up not at all. It has no weight. In real life, in real life, the grave, Billy the Kid's grave does say pals on it because there's also Charlie and somebody else buried in the same grave. Mm -hmm. Somebody else who is not portrayed in this movie at all, who, but was Billy the Kid's best friend. So that's kind of shitty, I guess. Maybe he's in the next movie. Maybe he's Christian Slater. I don't know. <laughs> Spoilers. So, oh, and actually, so that actually, the other. I don't remember. <laughs> I mean, that's a very quick thing there, too. Uh, Quentin, you mentioned, uh, you know, you get to the end of this movie and you start thinking, like, who's going to show up in the sequel? But that's the weird thing with this movie and what Jared already touched on. This movie ends. There are no plans for a sequel. Right. They are one and done. It is yeah, a thing that is think. so rare today. Well, also because mm-hmm. like Billy the Kid dies like a year and a half after the events of what the, this movie take place. Yeah. So like, just is the sequel just like, well, we just hey, Qu- tell you the story of the moments leading up to his death. Or hey, hey, Quentin, uh-huh. does he? Right. So 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 I was going to ask because. Um, mm-hmm. Before we get into it, uh, let's take a quick break and uh, you'll hear a word from our sponsor. Are you out in the wild world of Arizona and looking to make a buck? Whoring and gunfighting, just not putting food on the table and beer in your belly? Well... Look no further than Lincoln County Community College's most popular course, Creating Your Cattle Ranching Monopoly, taught by esteemed rancher and fancy Englishman, John Tunstall. Learn everything you need to know about cattle ranching, like raising and protecting your cattle interests, and taking in wayward boys to do your bidding and murder people. All in one course. If that doesn't strike your fancy, check out some of our other courses, like Modern Whorehouse Management 503, Pugilism 302, Saloon Shack Architecture 202, or Poetry Plagiarism 101. Come on down to our newly constructed campus just by the creek to sign up. Tell them Billy the Kid sent you for a nickel off your first course. Okay, so Bridget last week texted us, Matt and I, and was like, uh, apparently, well, first of all, we are collectively Nostradamus. We are. Um, because we often will pick a movie mm-hmm. and record it, and then suddenly something surrounding that movie will trend on Like Twitter. Face Off. Face Off, uh, Super mm-hmm. Mario Brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, Haunted Mansion. We, Haunted Mansion. We talked. Oh, yeah. We talked about Young Guns, and suddenly Young Guns started trending because I believe it was Lou Diamond Phillips yeah. was like, "Oh yeah, we're making Young Guns 3. He signed on for the. He uh, signed on. Wait, 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 whoa, whoa, wait, whoa. wait, 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 wait. Uh, yeah. You're gonna skip over the fact 
that we released the Milo and Otis episode oh. on Dudley Moore's birthday. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Whoops. Yep. Uh, so. Happy birthday, <laughs> Dudley Moore. Sorry, you're part of such a crappy movie. <laughs> uh, we'll honor you with animal abuse. Uh, yeah, like, I, man, I, like, don't, like, one, th- how most of these people how? died in their 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, t- two, you're old. It's not. It's not fucking old guns. It's young guns. Unless he plays a different character, and they just remake it. Oh, like, so that's yeah. Or or they use that that Marvel Netflix de aging technology that no. they have a hold of. But but actually, on that point, before we get to just Young like, Guns three, I honestly I wasn't sure that anyone even survived this movie, and was kind of thinking in my brain. Well, since they don't care about time in this movie, the sequel could be this weird adventure they they said they had during one of those periods, like earlier in the movie that seemed like it took five minutes, but really took like two months. Right. Mm. <sighs> I, yeah, I don't I don't understand how that works unless it's just some insane alternate future, which kind of I'm on board for. Yeah. I mean, if they just make it schlock. Um, <laughs> I didn't want to try very hard, do they? Well, I mean, in a good way. Not like because they were incompetent at making a film, <laughs> but like if they actually intentionally craft a piece of schlock, I think that would be fun. I was curious what um, the director had done besides this, and the only movie I recognized was The Next Karate Kid. So, ooh. you know. I saw that one in the theater too much disappointment yeah i had a friend who saw it who like had not seen the karate kid so to him (laughs) like that was the karate kid and i was like why do you think it's the next karate kid it's like if you watch the third ninja turtles movie is the first one (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i mean in the, the next episode and i don't want this whole episode to just now wrap up on like next week or well in two weeks tune in to hear but it starts off with a framing device that retcons this entire film. So it makes this film almost, it, it's not super clear, but it's sort of almost like, yeah, you've heard the stories about Billy the Kid, but let me tell you what really happened. Wow, it is like and, Clue. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's so, and it starts off with a, a scene that historically in the 1920s, Somebody came forward claiming they were Billy yeah. the Kid. And they knew a lot of things that would have been hard to know. And they also said what happened was, you know, <laughs> it didn't go down the way you said and whatever. Then they did a DNA test that ended up being like inconclusive years later. So it was at least like it, they couldn't definitively disprove it. So it's one of these like mythos legends. I mean, they should have just done a lie detector test would have knocked that up right now. We would have found <laughs> out he was Billy the Kid and he was abducted by aliens. And he was Anastasia. Mm-hmm. And he was Anastasia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love <laughs> I had a history professor in college who loved 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 to explain in great detail how dead Anastasia was <laughs> to people. <laughs> It's like, it, yeah, he was just like, she is dead, dead, dead. <laughs> because he hated, like, he's like, he's like, he's like, those movies, it's like, 
People need to know what real history is before the world catches on fire. And boy, do those seem like prescient words to me now. <laughs> it, it always like surprised me that like that's the shit people fixated on and not the fact that like yeah. they tried to kill Rasputin like 17 times before they could fucking kill him. They like, that, cut off his dick and threw him in a king river. Of England at the time was cousin slash best friends with the czar but wouldn't let him come to england because it would have made him look bad yep <laughs> instead mm-hmm. let his whole family get slaughtered yep. well, how how the british royal family and their many marriages and intermarriages broke the world and we still haven't really recovered mm-hmm. yeah i don't know what you're talking about mm-hmm. It's, it's 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 irrelevant. Anyway, Billy the kid. Billy the kid. I just, w- I just picture William, William the child. William the child. I just picture you when you're like, there's a framing device that is just like, catch me if you can, and it starts with an episode of To Tell the Truth, where it's like, I'm it's, Billy the kid. I'm Billy it, the kid. It, it actually. So I mean, mild spoilers for the first couple minutes. It starts off with an old man, <laughs> and he's telling the story, and it's it's Emilio Estevez and like some. From what I remember, not great, but not terrible, like old man prosthesis right. ma- makeup. <laughs> um, but the it, this is definitely a short circuit where I forgot the problematic stuff and all the stuff I really like remember thinking was awesome definitely was in the second. <laughs> <laughs> I think this movie's biggest sit is like it's kind of boring. Yeah. And like, just not like, like the opening is just so fucking energetic and stupid. So full of dumb energy that I was like, I'm fucking on board. This is going to be terrible. And then immediately just like hits a fucking wall. Like a month, two months ago when we were watching our bad movies, um, I put this on and just that opening scene, I just turned it off immediately. I was like, this is a clamshell movie. And then I, then I texted Jared. I was like, Terrence Stamps and Gun Guns. You know that, right? You want You should come do it for clamshell. And that led to a, a fairly lengthy conversation where we talked about like Terrence Stamp and Princess Diana and how there was all sorts of like yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, she was friends with uh, Terrence Stamp. Also, huh. I want a little bit of credit because I have said Terrence Stamp every single time I have said Terrence Stamp's name, this movie. And if anybody has listened to our episode where we did the crossover with World of Commotion and the Haunted Mansion, I said Terrence Howard a lot of times when I meant <laughs> Terrence Stamp. <laughs> Yay! Um, God, I wish Terrence Which, Howard was the, the dad in this movie. He's just forcing uh, them to do his weird math instead of read. That goes along with um, like swapping different actors with similar names, because I would like to re uh, and we could do it with deep fakes, maybe uh, put Patrick Stewart in every single Patrick Swayze role that ever was uh-huh. there. There is no support for deep fakes on this podcast. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no. But I'm saying it's at least an option because no, no it's not. <laughs> Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. You... speak for yourself, Keezer. What are, what, what? I, I'm not letting you deep fake me into stuff, Quentin. Okay. If you want to do it, you can do it the old fashioned way. You can hand key it in after effects, but you're not using your deep fake. Next, you're going to deep fake me and then sell it as an NFT because you're a monster. Yeah. And I'm going to burn several acres of the Amazon while doing it. This just got really uh, in, in a way that no one can understand what we are talking about right now. I've yeah. checked out. Nope. Yeah, Bridget, so. Bridget just yeah. like just like looked away, and I could tell. I was like, oh, she's gone. 
She's out. <laughs> I'm just talking about my dream of seeing the movie Roadhouse redone with Patrick Stewart in the Patrick Swayze role. Yeah. But Sam Elliott, just as Sam Elliott, just do it now. They're the fine. It's the, just <laughs> yeah, just reshoot it. it then with them. Yeah. Yeah. Neither, neither Sam Elliott is every bit as badass now as he was in the movie Roadhouse. And nothing will ever change my mind. Yeah, Sam Elliott's pretty Unless good. there's something about him I don't know that would change my mind. Because <laughs> guy, got to be honest, I don't know much about Sam Elliott. I think Sam Elliott's okay. I think. Yeah, He's, yeah I think so. I hope so. Otherwise, just let's google that you can get all that out just get rid of it is sam elliott canceled (laughs) oh but the the second movie does sort of work in a sense almost like hey what if young guns but the first one didn't exist let's make a movie and bon jovi does all the music and there's a two-minute song on the soundtrack that describes the whole relationship of Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid and frames them both as like tragic figures that were toyed with by bigger powers. And wait, I'm sorry, Jared. Yeah. You're saying that we, when we watch Young Guns 2, it is a movie that has a soundtrack that is up for the literal song award. Mm-hmm. Nice. <laughs> now I'm excited. I also, to tease it, to make sure everybody comes back for the next round, I have a pretty fun personal story about the title theme song from the second Young Guns movie <laughs> and a uh, a pivotal moment in young Jared's life. Uh, hopefully this one not does quite, not... My, not quite my kitchen Yeah, burn I was now, like, I hope this one doesn't know. involve fire. It doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but it does involve someone who may have been... An otherworldly entity that crossed my path at a particular moment. Like, you ever met a really weird person afterwards? You're like, I think that was a demon. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, Bridget, you know, Bridget, like, Bridget thinks she met Satan. I did. Um, I, well, not, we can I do don't it know if it was Satan, but it was some sort of demon. Like, yeah. The, I met him in the, Amish it, country in a cornfield. So, I mean, that tracks. Yeah. <laughs> Bridget, um, how much acid or peyote were you on at this point? I was on time? like Amish cooking food. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, the so good lots of peyote. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Sh- sh- get that tryptophan. Mm-hmm. Chavez um, Chavez came out, but he was he had like one of the Amish beards, but also the face paint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was like eat you, this you delicious to- Amish cornbread, Bridget. Absolutely. You you might have to end up cutting all this, but until I was much older than I should have been, I didn't understand what the Amish were because I saw the movie Witness at a very young age <laughs> uh-huh. and misunderstood it. And I thought the Amish were like a bloodthirsty nomadic tribe that somehow still lived in Pennsylvania, just murdering at will. <laughs> I think your parents like, oh, we're going to Pennsylvania for vacation. You're like, we can't go there. You're insane if you think he's we- going to cut that out. The Amish aren't going to hear that. <laughs> yeah. Fine. <laughs> We're oh safe. no! It was just—it's—it's it, it's so <laughs> no, far off topic. Francis this is, is going to be like episode. Already. I'm excommunicating their asses, and then I'm sending this to the Amish, and they can't listen to it. So I will just read them a transcript. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> so, should we meet her? Mm-hmm. Am I going to do fun facts? I mean, it, it's well. 
I think that's a good idea with the fun facts, because also, are we sure this is going on the trumometer? It could be the hornometer. Well, I think the second will be more hornometer. Hornometer. <laughs> that makes me so uncomfortable. But like in a real. <laughs> How uncomfortable. Stop. I will leave. I want you all to be as uncomfortable as Yensen was in this film. No! <laughs> I think you're going to have to hit that sound clip about 400 more Quentin, times. I'm a girl. There have been several times in my life I have been that uncomfortable. Fair. Okay, you know what? Yeah, I'm sorry, Bridget. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, hey. Yeah, fair. Oh. I also apologize <laughs> for myself and Matt, just in case. I'll take it. <laughs> anyway, I, I don't even right. know if I have Bridget, what you got? I don't even know if I have any. We might have already gone over them. I'm just like, oh, where's my foot? I've already said them all. <laughs> I guess they used to make um, <laughs> the cast would bully uh, Lou Diamond Phillips into singing La Bamba for them on set. Wow, what a oh, come on. Pricks. Uh, okay, so actually, really, really, really quick side note on that. In my brain, I sometimes get confused about the status of Lou Diamond Phillips living because of La Bamba. And sometimes <laughs> I think because of that movie, he's actually dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, you think that like he died in a plane crash with the big bopper yeah. and Buddy Holly. Well, right? He was <laughs> he was dummy. he was so method. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Every time you hear that song, you know, it's like that instrumental song that uh, I, I, I'm not going to do it. But I mean, I think it's, I think it's partially because and I always think of that scene in La Bamba, like his funeral, the song that plays. I don't know. Oh yeah, no, I told I I watched that movie way too much as a kid. Me too. What the hell? Like it was just on TV. Movie. Yeah, it was on TV. Watched it all the time. I loved it. When I was like a teenager, like I was like, oh, Buddy Holly and like Big Bopper were. This was all, this is the same plane crash. Like, I was like blown away because, like, La Bamba and Richie Valens was like the only one in my brain. Mm-hmm. Yep. To be fair to my brain, I think it's because Lou Diamond Phillips has not been in a lot of stuff in like the last 25 years. Mm-hmm. So that's part of why my brain thinks that he's gone. The, but the, anyway, he's not. The I only don't thing, think. He oh, was, God. He didn't die in the meantime, did no, he? No, he's Sorry, alive. Sorry, what, Quentin? He's well, alive. Well, well unless the ghost of Lou Diamond Phillips is talking about getting signed to Young. He's like, I'm in Young Guns 3. Well, because instead of having a Filipino-American playing Mexican and indigenous roles, they just have white people do it now. So <laughs> that's yeah. the real yeah. difference. Yeah, that's why yeah, he one, doesn't have one, any parts anymore. So Yeah, yeah. One Jonathan Depp. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Are you a Mexican or a Mexican? Yeah. Glue a crow to his head. It'll be fine. Yeah. Hey, he wasn't playing a Mexican in Once Upon a Time. No, he wasn't. Mexican he was an American agent. An, that was a bad call. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'll tell you, though, Willem Dafoe playing a Mexican. Oof. I told you about the John Tunstall was only 24 when he died. I was like, but Terrence Stamp is cool. That's what I wrote next to it. So it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I do feel like Taron Stamp was in an entirely different film. Yes, absolutely. Oh. None of the fight scenes were choreographed. The actors just improv- improvised. 
incidents very evident yeah. if you go back and rewatch the film. The budget was eleven million, well, which I feel like they actually only spent probably eight million on this movie, and then the rest of the movie. But but the box office was fifty six million because well, no wonder it got a right, sequel because I thought it was going to be more than that. Mm. But I think for what it was it, and what they weren't they weren't expecting it. They weren't you know what I mean fifty six yeah. million, but. Honestly, I believe it was on cast alone. These yeah. are big names, and that's oh, what that's totally what got that. it. Because because all the critics mm. trash it, but but it was like you know Amelia Estevez, Charlie Sheen, you know Kiefer Sutherland, Lou Diamond Phillips. These are all big names. Well, and this is also uh, just before or around the same time as like, uh boy, like Tombstone, mm-hmm. and it was a hot Western time. Yeah, um, yeah. That weird, like early '90s to mid '90s, like Western revival, yeah, period that we went yeah. through. Well, this was late '80s. Which this was I feel like this, I mean, this one kind of so, like kicked it off, actually. Yeah, it's like this, yeah. and then Back to the Future Three, were right, like, three, yeah. right around the same time. Yeah, Tombstone's a weird movie too to revisit. It's it's a good film, but it's one that after seeing this feels especially different because the thing about tombstone that I always forget if I go back and rewatch it is the fact that the music in it is like from gone with the wind. It is this sweeping weird operatic like landscape that doesn't fit with the Western themes in any point during the entire film. Bridget has this fun facts going. (laughs) (laughs) I don't really, I don't really have much of anything else. I, I, well, two more things. I mean, Lou Diamond Phillips, he was actually born on a Philippines naval base. His dad is mm-hmm. American and his mom was from Philippines. But that's all. But my other fun fact was, because, you know, a big topic of this episode was Jesus's foreskin. So, <laughs> so I thought... Everyone's talking about it. I it's thought it would be Twitter. fun. Like, guys, guys, what happens when Jesus's foreskin trends on Twitter? <laughs> when we... When we release this episode. So so many people are going to be excommunicated from the church. Uh-huh. I thought it would be fun. I came up with this while we were recording. <laughs> but when Quentin edits, he should count how many times we say Jesus foreskin, including right now. And for every time we said Jesus foreskin. Jesus foreskin. I'm going to donate... <laughs> Ten dollars to the Tenacious Unicorn Ranch, which is a alpaca ranch that 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 homes like trans people and gay people hmm. and all that kind of stuff. So, because we're all going to be excommunicated from the church, so yeah. we might as well. I think yeah. that's fun. Yeah. Not me. I'll uh, I'll tell you what. I'll match that, Bridget. <laughs> all right. Cool. We're gonna. We're gonna. That's gonna be like thousands of dollars. <laughs> so, so to Quentin, sell my blood. Excuse me, <laughs> Quentin. This means that any time someone says Jesus is foreskin, you need to put in a, a cash register sound. Oh my god. Okay. And people are not gonna know what's going on. <laughs> nope. Even even at this point, people listening to this episode are not going to know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, people aren't gonna know what's going on in this episode. It's a weird it's episode, just, you guys. Just like the movie Young Guns. <laughs> it's very disconnected. Uh, 
it's weird there's some beats that don't seem to make mm-hmm. sense at one point i just left <laughs> <laughs> and anyway. it's very offensive to somebody but I'm, I'm I'm gonna send send this in the chat. But you guys should check them out. It's I follow their Twitter because it's awesome because it's all just cute alpaca pictures and they have like goat Aww. pictures and everything. It's Aww. like adorable, but it, it's like a cool idea. Like you know, you get kicked out of your house, you can come on this ranch for free. You can help with the alpacas. They feed you. They you know, it's awesome. It's better than getting taken in by Terrence Stamp. It totally mm-hmm. is. <laughs> I do feel like every time you guys bring me on, it just gets real weird. It's not just what I love about but... this, Jared. <laughs> this is some somehow we need to pivot into a meter from this positive energy that Bridget just brought to the show. So yeah. go ahead, Quentin. Wait, what who what? Which one? <laughs> I was clicking on Bridget's link. Here, and here's the, here's the go. I was going to say, magically segue us into a meter. Trashometer. That feels right. Trashometer yeah. feels right to me. Yes, agreed. Yeah. agreed. No Christian Slater, no hornometer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of the That's fundamental rules said. of the church. <laughs> yep. That and don't talk I... about Jesus' foreskin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, I, I mean, where do you guys think this belongs? I don't feel like it's, it's like, I don't know. I, part of the, I feel like it's middle of the road. Yeah, just like yeah. the whole damn movie. Yeah. Cause there was like, like a trashometer of like, you either want it to just be like a flaming train wreck or you want it to be a lot of fun. Right. Mm-hmm. And this was not quite either of those. So I feel like middle of the road is 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 right, like a like a like a four or five, I was, right? Like four sounded right to me, but yeah. Jared, what do you think? See, I was gonna. Oh, go ahead, Matt. Yeah, you, you can also Matt. have an opinion. Uh, oh, thank you, Bridget. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, I, I was gonna say a solid five because of all the racial stuff. In yeah, there. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I Which, mean, I was and, and I the, was thinking five because it's so like, I mean, the bad stuff is bad. The fun parts are fun, but don't matter. And then the upsetting parts are really upsetting, but not in a way that again matters to the movie. Mm-hmm. Just, just uncomfortable more than disturbing. I don't know. It's all just kind of, it's a big kind of like meh. No, I mean, I think I think that's the important thing is like, like, I, I don't want to discredit the movie because of the racial stuff, because it's not like it's wrong about what was happening back then, but it's mm-hmm. also not saying anything about what was happening back then. Right. It's just making Kiefer this weird creepo and like yes. all this other stuff. But it's also, like, it's, it's also it's not adding to a conversation. It's also reinforcing some other like awful shitty stereotypes like. Oh yeah, you know women in China aren't worth anything. It's just like, yeah, yeah, and it's it's none of it is used in a way that could teach anything of actual value. Like there are other period pieces where things like this happen, 
and it's handled in a way that as the audience not only are you like horrified but you go oh and there's maybe a character that sees through it or can learn from it like there's there's a way they can utilize it or at the very least make it important to the story so it has to be in there right like yeah they went out of their way all of the scenes with that could be cut and this movie isn't it right. doesn't change. And I was thinking about like how we were talking about how nobody gave a shit about Billy the Kid. Like we we're like, I don't care. Like he could die or whatever. I have no attachment to him. And and it, it made me think of Public Enemies, which was the Johnny Depp, um, yes. John Dillinger movie. Yes. And it's like mm-hmm. I knew, and I watched that movie, and I was like, yeah. I know John Dillinger is going to die at the end of this movie, and I was heartbroken, like because they really mm-hmm. like. <laughs> I was like, this is you know, you felt for John Dillinger. You wanted him to not die at the end but whereas this right. i'm like i don't give a shit yeah. it's like the and, one and, and yeah yeah i don't have it benefit of the doubt is that okay maybe they don't like billy the kid is the main character or the mainest character of the movie but maybe they don't want you to see his side then your option becomes okay Kiefer is supposed to be your surrogate and the person that you're supposed to feel emotion for and everything. And he's disgusting. He's disgusting. He's so All right, disgusting. all right, all right. So Cattle Baron, the Jack Palance is the guy I gotta feel for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it, it's... And it's not even like, I mean, oh God, I just, there's no point. But it's not even like after, even if the Kiefer did all the stuff he did, but after somehow like realized like, wow, I shouldn't have done that because you're a human. Yeah. <sighs> after we, did we come up with a number yet? Because after a number, I did find a fun fact I didn't tell you guys. I, uh, I five works. Yeah. Five. Okay. Yeah. So Chavez, in real life, after Billy the Kid died, he um, traveled across the Southwest and he ended up running into Bob Ford, who is the killer of Jesse James. Uh, you mean the coward Robert Ford? <laughs> okay, the coward Bob Ford. <laughs> uh, Bobby, it's like he yeah, sells shit. Yeah, I love that you're like, you're like, for, like this guy, Bobby Ford. I know Bob. Bobby Ford, that coward. But anyways, um, they agreed to have a shooting game. And I guess Chavez was such a spectacular shot. Like, Bob Ford was so impressed by him. But then I, I, I couldn't really find out why, but it somehow Chavez was like, Bob Ford, we're going to duel. And he was so terrified. He was like, I'm going to lose this fight because Chavez is such a good shot that he, like, in the, in the, in the dark of the night, left. But if he had gone to the duel, Jesse yeah. James, I guess, would have lived and... I don't so know. what you're saying is, in several instances, our good pal Bobby Ford, yeah, absolute coward, mm-hmm. just chicken. He was shit. just a coward. Just a coward. Come on Which- down to Bobby Ford's <laughs> house of used horses. <laughs> Since this episode is is so weird already, I'm going to say that uh, based on that uh, assassination movie, look up. The assassination of Yogi Bear, <laughs> which there was a Yogi Bear animated movie that came out at the same time as that movie, and someone married them together in beautiful fashion. It's very good. Yeah. Nice. 
I think the other thing about uh, uh, Jose Chavez, Chavez is like he like befriended a guy that he had like a duel and shot and the guy didn't die. And then like when, when when Chavez died in his 70s in like the 1920s, this guy was like by his bedside. Yeah, they, they like, were they like lying became, like, together. Life, in yeah, like <laughs> lifelong so friends. I honestly yeah. wanted to look more into him because yeah. he seemed like yeah. a fascinating character, way more fascinating yeah. than Billy the Kid. And, and he lives people. like he lives like a full life yep. after the Lincoln County War. Yep. Yeah, he's like, like he's in his 80s like, when he dies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like, yeah, I want to know. And like, I'm pretty sure looking into it very briefly, he does not just go work on a farm. No. He, he like continues to do yeah. crime. He continues to crime. He just keeps criming. He, he. <laughs> He meets Bob Ford. The coward. The coward. That fucking coward. <laughs> this is, uh, what do you guys think? Weirdest episode to have Clamshell thus far? At least in a while. Uh, I mean, you definitely yeah. brought an energy that you always bring that yes. makes us like, it's, we're, it's very light and happy and whatever. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. So. Yeah, it's all it's all Bobby Ford's and Foreskin. Foreskin. Just... Jesus is Foreskin. You gotta say foreskin. You gotta say Jesus is Foreskin. Cha ching, cha ching, cha ching. That's thirty dollars right there, Bridget. FYI. I know, I can't even imagine. It's it's Wait, gonna for, be like for fun. mentioning Jesus is foreskin? Yeah. <laughs> oh goodness. Eileen goodness. is gonna be like, What? Why did you just donate six hundred dollars to this Because <laughs> alpacas. Because alpacas. Alpacas, in truth, if you've ever like gone to like a county fair, like Topsfield Fair or something, if you walk into the alpaca barn, you know, it's like you're going from sunny outside to the dark inside. They do have this feature that some animals have, but for them, I don't know, it seems more ominous to me. I've walked in and like at those in those situations several times where you walk into the alpaca barn and they all turn and look at you in unison. But your eyes haven't adjusted, so it's darkness. But their eyes glint red, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like ah! <laughs> they're they got glowing red eyes. <laughs> anyway, uh, I I do bring a certain chaos to this. Hello, that's great. <laughs> we love it. Thank you. And hope you'll be back in two weeks to talk about the retconning that is Young Guns Two. Very excited. Boy, I hope that's what I remember it as because I haven't rewatched that I, one yet. Be, I'm with you. It'd be Jared. great if it was just as bad as <laughs> I this. Kind of I kind of, in a way, kind of hope somehow. it is. But yeah, yeah. It'll be, it's going to be awesome. Uh, Jared, mm-hmm. why don't you plug, plug some stuff? Well, <laughs> I do a little podcast called The World of Commotion with uh, one of the voices from this podcast, Matt, and our good Danielle, where we talk about Disney. We are doing, now we are focusing on rope dropping, which is the segment, the uh, or the episodes of the podcast, where we're making our way through the Disney parks, sort of like section by section. And it's at a time where a lot of people still aren't traveling, can't travel, don't want to travel, um, and a lot of places still aren't even back open yet. It's a way to sort of live through the Disney parks. Hey, Jared. Um, yeah. I think that. actually another voice from this episode oh. was also on our most recent episode. Oh, weird. That's Wasn't right. Me. Quentin. Quentin. <laughs> <laughs> Earlier, Bridget said she hated me the least. <laughs> anyway. 
<laughs> yeah, Quentin was on our most recent episode where we talked about the Imagination Pavilion. Yep. And it's it's a very fun episode. Um, but yeah, so the World of Commotion is also on the Zero Science Network. You can just, you know, type World of Commotion, find us. We're on the social media, stuff like that. We are now also streaming exclusively on YouTube, I believe. Uh, we do have a YouTube channel with all sorts of fun videos and things like that. Um, so yeah, World of Commotion is a real fun time. Also, it's it's a family friendly podcast. So if if you found parts of this made you uncomfortable, probably won't so happen with the World of Commotion. If you don't, it also Jesus does happen when I come on here. <laughs> so say, if you don't want to hear about Jesus foreskin, there's no Jesus foreskin. Uh, no Sixty dollars no in the Jesus last minute. <laughs> No, it's all about it's all about waltz over there. Sean's <laughs> gonna be so mad at me. <laughs> yeah. No, he's not. Because <clears throat> alpacas but, and yep. queer people haven. Yeah. We love it. Yeah, we do. Jesus is foreskin. Yep. World of commotion. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but Good yes. Lord, Quentin, end this thing already. What? Well, thank you to Zero <laughs> Science, our wonderful podcast network, uh, where you can hear such shows as World of Commotion and other stuff like uh, uh, Cloud and, and Jukebox Zeros and a whole bunch of other wonderful shows. You can find us on the web at Clamshell Case Files, except for Twitter and Twitch, where you can find us at Clamshell Case. You can find me on the web at Quintron 5000. Bridget, where can they find you? A lovely Bridget 99. And Matt? Have that nonsense. And in two weeks, we'll see all of you. Or we'll hear us. We won't see you or hear you. I guess that's not, that's not how it works. And uh, I can see you. <laughs> Jared wants you all to put your pants on. I do, really. And you'll hear Jared again in two yep. weeks. As we talk about Young Guns mm-hmm. 2, we'll see you then. Jesus Foreskin. Until then, <laughs> Jesus Foreskin. property we're damn good too but you can't be any geek off the street gotta be handy with the steel if you know what i mean earn you keep It's you, Quentin. You have to get up bright and early in the morning. Did no one tell you about this? Shit, no. Mm-hmm. Well, while you're okay. doing that, Bridget, can you clap for me? <laughs> now I'm recording. I'm clapping now. Matt, can you clap for me? One, one more. One more there, bud. That's super loud on mine. There we go. Okay. Okay. I am super loud. Yeah, super loud. I it's I clapped the loudest on mine over there, but okay. Jared, can you clap for me? Clapping. Yeah, that's a clap. Uh, <laughs> I'll clap all damn day. There's a, there's a joke in there the somewhere. Claps are about so getting, hard. About getting the clap, but I don't. I, can't I got the clap up in here. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> oh. Isolated sound clips, huh? Yep. Uh huh. <laughs> The foreskin of Jesus. <laughs> foreskin of Jesus.
Well, let me get into this so I can get excommunicated when we're talking about the foreskin of Jesus. Hold on. I may have like I may have closed my audacity (laughs) files. Hold on. on. No, you know who did that? Christ. Christ Christ did that. He was like, "Don't talk about the foreskin, Bridget. (laughs) You'll be excommunicated." That just makes me think of the story you tell about Miles, like when he didn't want to swear at his teacher. It's like, "Don't talk about the foreskin. Don't talk about." (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Oh, what the hell's happening? Sorry, give me a second. Let me open it again. It's because it's I'm here. Weird. I curse things. Oh, no, it is recording. I opened it and it's <laughs> <laughs> The foreskin of Jesus is on. Okay. <laughs> so he's not circumcised is what you're saying. <laughs> I mean, I don't... Like, what, 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 about, I mean, he... what about the foreskin of Jesus is so forbidden? Is it because he had a foreskin because... <laughs> Well, he wouldn't have because he was Jewish. So no, he because he was Jewish, so it's probably because he didn't have foreskin. It's, That's it's the problem. It's something to do with it. Something people claim is it having popped up and people trying to use it as a relic, mm. like as a, to monetize it, mm-hmm. so the church basically had to outlaw them all. <laughs> all the so it's foreskins. like the Shroud of Turin for his penis? <laughs> yes, yeah. uh, yes, literally. Can, it was the Shroud can, of Turin right, for his penis. Listen, we can talk about the Shroud of Turin a different time, but the Shroud of Turin is possibly the world's first photograph made by Leonardo da Vinci as an F.U. to the Catholic Church. And it's a very good, very good, very good thing. Anyway. Is that why it doesn't have brush strokes? If it does, because he painted on the emulsion. And if you look at it, the death mask of Jesus is Leonardo da Vinci's face. It matches 99% when they actually run it through facial recognition software <laughs> with all of his self-portraits. That's awesome. Yeah, it's very good. I love it. <laughs> Anyway, just like we love All the right. foreskin of Jesus. <laughs> you never on ever ever telling <laughs> you guys that. Yes, you are. <laughs> All right, here we go. I mean, I, did, did we? Uh, <laughs> we're having a conversation. Hounds <laughs> of the basket. <laughs> That's how it is. That's where I live. Baskervilles, biatch. <laughs> Neuroscience. <laughs> hey, kids. Do you like podcasts? Do you like Disney podcasts? Oh, boy. Then you got to meet my super swell friends in the world of commotion. Join three Disney fans, Matt, Jared, and Danielle, as we explore inside and outside the Disney parks. Follow the guide map with us and rope dropping as we make stops at every attraction and create the ultimate Disney ranking list. The unofficial Disney list for cool kids who like good stuff, registered trademark. Currently, I've got security as number one. <laughs> I think it that's is, probably going to move. the best experience we have so far. <laughs> and dive into the latest and not so latest things with us outside the parks and outside the bubble. I do not wish to participate in your pool. Where is your observation area? <laughs> it's like two podcasts in one. So keep your hands, arms, and belongings inside the vehicle as you enjoy the mildest ride in the wilderness. New episodes of World of Commotion drop Wednesdays on the Zero Science Network.